0: Los Angeles, Los Angeles.
1: Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on Thursday, October 26th, L.A. Galaxy, done with the season. We haven't talked since that calamity ended on uh, last Saturday. 4-1 loss to Dallas. We don't need to go over that game. There's lots of other stuff that we can talk about. Uh, We have exit interviews. We have end-of-season charts. We have roster information. We have already one player departed. You already know who that is. We'll talk about Doug here in just a little bit. So we have a lot of end of season stuff to sort of wrap up. I'm sure it'll be a good conversation. A lot of things to talk about. And to help me do that for the third time in a row, we like to keep them guessing all the time. It's Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira. Eric, how does it feel to be on the show one more time that Greg Vanney has wins in a row?
0: It feels like uh, getting 13th place in a competition. Right. Yeah, it feels like I, I did not have a good showing it's not nearly enough to be considered good. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to be called terrible things because I am consistently showing up uh, to make in make my performances, even though they might not be great performances. So, yeah, it feels like 13th place. We did it, Josh. We did it. 13th, 13th place. 13th place. We, we said this was going to happen and it happened. So do we really shout want out to us for do speaking we really want a T-shirt existence?
1: Do we really want a T-shirt that says 13th place? I mean, I, I no, it, we don't. no, we don't. Nobody <laughs> wants a T-shirt that has 13th place. You know. I remember I had to try to make this argument is that, you know, whenever the wooden spoon was of course, uh, 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 captured by the LA galaxy in 2017, Eric, and it came to live in my humble abode at my office. Um, people said, why is it on the podcast every time? And I'm like, you know, because you need to remember those things. It's not that you want to remember them. It's that you need to remember them. You need to remember them. One, so that way you don't just brush past everything that has happened the year before. It's easy to just say, look at 2023 and what a, what a weird season it is and just throw it away, right? You can do that. You could throw it away. And I know for some people's mental health, maybe that's what you need to do, right? But with, like the wooden spoon, a T-shirt that says 13th would be a reminder that the LA Galaxy stayed in 13th place. By the way, I think the highest they were was 11th at one point, but it wasn't yeah, for very long.
0: Never above the playoff line.
1: Never above the that's, playoff line. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. it, it yeah. is one of those those weird sort of things you look at. And by the way, having been a veteran of now 15 seasons of LA Galaxy soccer, I can tell you this was a weird one, dude.
0: It was so yeah, weird. Yeah, it was. And, that's, and I think that's a fair assessment I was watching uh, some of the exit interviews I want to be honest with you I didn't watch the the three hour uh you know Guestman director's cut the super cut have, <laughs> the super cut that you have uh, but but I was watching some of it and going back and I thought Greg vanny did a great job recapping he basically like did a year in review on his first question like moment by moment game by game where it went wrong and you know when when the injuries happened and I thought he did a pretty a good job of recapping it, almost like a photographic memory. I don't know if he rehearsed that, you know, before he went out there. But when he was reading, listing all of those things that happened, you're right. It was a weird one. It was a weird one, and 13 place stings and i understand your point about remembering your history having it leave a mark you know right uh it's it's we don't lose we learn mm-hmm. uh, you know you, you hear that a lot did, and you, so, did you
1: hear ricky Poosh? did you get that far <laughs> did into he say that? ricky says says when you lose you learn and we had we, a lot of losing so there was yeah. a lot of learning right there like, we go thank you go ricky Poosh. i
0: don't know if that's you know one of those phrases that is getting tossed around more recently but that's it's something that you know Working in education is something that you work with kids, you know, if there's an opportunity to get it right or there's an opportunity to learn from it, uh, you know, you don't know, no mistakes, you learn from it and you move forward. So I understand that wearing the, you know, the the Scar- Scarlet 13 mm-hmm. would, would leave a mark and, mm-hmm. and, and say, that, you know, we're not going to let this keep happening. But I, I was thinking about it, too. I think why Galaxy fans are in such a weird spot is. 2020, we can throw it away 2017. You can throw it away, but this is, there's, we're starting to develop a pattern. 2014 is going to be 10 years ago. Yep. Uh, You know, next, next season will be a 10 year anniversary of the last time that the LA galaxy won an MLS cup. So 10 years without an MLS cup. And so now with the growth of the league, you know, maybe as much as you want, and I don't know how this is going to make me sound as much as you want to be, of course, winning MLS cups, but not even sniffing it. Uh, you know, I I think is an issue. if you don't win the MLS Cup every year, I I don't know that you can call that a failure. There are a lot of good teams that stay in contention. Right. You think about some, you know, the Seattle's and the uh, you know teams like that that are always kind of in the mix. That they don't necessarily win every year, but you know they're 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 close. They're in the mix. But the fact that the Galaxy aren't in it and they haven't been in it, and you keep getting missing the playoffs, 13th yeah. place, wooden spoons, historically bad, you know, DP seasons, injuries. It's it's starting to stack up to a point where it's getting. Not you're you're reaching a level to where you know the fan base is almost like you know, woe was me?" and it's such a crazy thing for 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 a you know for a club that has so much history and so much winning tradition that comes with it to be oh, you're like the lovable losers, you're kind of like the you know you know the Baltimore Orioles or even you know, <laughs> I hate to say it, even like the Dodgers where, hey, you know, you just know when the big moment comes, they're gonna fall on their faces. Uh, you know it, it's it's not it's not a good feeling when you have this the stink the stench of a franchise you want to you want to have feel good about your club feel good about going to games feel good about you know seeing your team win seeing them progress you know make uh, you know playoff runs you know living where I'm living now in North Texas right now everyone's a buzz with the Texas Rangers making the World Series there's a, an energy to that and and I, you say, say what you will if, if that's silly or if that's not silly but it permeates the you know the area wherever that team is emanating from, the, a buzz, a good feeling, good vibe. There's just there's just something about it, and the Galaxy has failed to do that. For now, it's getting to a point where it's 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 getting frustrated, and and you don't want to be part of that. And I think that's uh, that's one of those things. Yeah, you can call it a weird season. There are a lot of injuries, a lot of weird things happen, but at the same time, this can't keep happening. 2017, 2020, decision day, go out, 13th place, never being above the playoff line. We went from the last time they were eliminated where they were never below the playoff line and got eliminated right. here. We were never above the playoff line so and, di- and didn't make it. Yeah. yeah. These weird things just can't keep out ha- at, su- at a certain point. You start to develop a pattern and hopefully, you know, next, next year's the year. Next year's the year. Well, I we mean, keep saying that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can. I, I would also say that, you know, if you group and lump everything together, that it does like it covers up some of the things where you're like, well, this team did have some momentum going actually headed into this into this season. This team had momentum going. You had a playoff. You made the playoffs last year. You won a game. Right. You got into you got into it. Same now, similar to what GBS did. Right. Which was getting the playoffs and yeah. win a game. Right. And it stopped with LAFC both times. Right. So, again, it feels like there's not momentum being made. I'll say and and I'll say this for everybody. And uh, I was saying this on the Discord again. If you haven't been paying attention to what a train wreck the LA Galaxy front office has been since Bruce Arena left, then either you're not, then either I did a really bad job of explaining it, Eric, or you're a really bad listener. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're a really <laughs> bad listener. All right, because we've been short scr- we've, Yeah, we've yeah. been screaming from the rooftops since Analfo left. Whenever Analfo left, we went and we came on here in 2017 at the end of the season, and we told you all about all the things that were wrong in the front office. And then we went into 2018, and after 2018, we did the same thing, right? Even though you got Zlatan in there, and there was some momentum there. 2019, same thing, right? Everything was sort of going. We have watched this team self sabotage themselves for years. And by the way, yeah. AEG and the LA Galaxy front office did it again this year. They sabotaged themselves. They shot themselves in the foot from the very beginning, right? (laughs) And God only knows what would happen if, there wasn't going to be a boycott going on. And we're going to talk about the boycott too because the players were very open about sort of what they felt during this time. Greg Vanny had like, to Yeah, we
0: end- we we finally got some honesty about it. Yeah. Well,
1: and we've been getting hints of it. And by the way, mm-hmm. whenever they were lying about it to us at the beginning of the season, we were all telling you on this podcast it's affecting them.
0: <laughs> it's affecting
1: <laughs> yeah. them. You, guess what? This whole thing is affecting them. And if Chris Klein goes, there will be a release that will ma- lead to better play. And Chris Klein got fired and there was a release to better play. Now, the injuries stacked up after that and a whole bunch of other things that you could sort of do it. It's not what you want to hear. It's not what you want to do. But again, the the lack of... Um, quality front office decisions from basically 2017 or, you know, since Kurt in the office, since Bruce Arena left, all the yeah. way up until probably this year. And even though bringing back Chris Klein was a whole thing, I would put that as well, an outlier for this year because Will Koontz came in and you're seeing smarter decisions being made throughout it. Greg Vanny talked about seeing the results behind the curtain. What's happening behind the curtain? I think he said it after the Dallas game. There is stuff you see in front of the curtain, which is the results. And those things you have to get right. Eventually it has to come. Otherwise, everybody gets fired, right? But the results behind the kit behind the curtain. I actually agree with them. I think that they're stacking stuff together that could be really beneficial. What does that mean? That means that you should feel good about 2024 (laughs) and I'll open with that, but that doesn't mean that anybody, if they don't come out and perform, people get fired next year. I mean, you're not off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and so I'm going to do my, my special thing where I speak out of both sides of my mouth. You next season does have hope, but it doesn't let you off the hook for this season, but also, the fact that he's come, Vanny is coming back next year, mm-hmm. kind of lets them. Wait, off hold the on. For this we can season, say breaking but, news, right? Because yeah.
1: everybody, I've been telling everybody this for I don't know how many <laughs> months. I've been like, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, and we knew he wasn't going. Anywhere. He's not going anywhere. Well, I, are you sure? Because all I see in my mentions oh. is they're like, he's gonna get fired. I'm like, no, he's not. He's here. He will be here for the start of next year. And people are like, I'll give him five games. I'll give him 10 games. I'm like probably till the summer transfer window. No way, it couldn't possibly. Yeah, at least until the summer transfer window. That yeah. sounds crazy, I know, to people, but there's a rhyme and a reason for all of this stuff that's happening. Somebody uh, I think on our Discord said if they lose 10 ga- if they're winless in 10 games to start the season, right? Then he's going to get fired. Well, Jesus, like again? What so. what happened? What conspired to bring 10, 10 games in a row without any wins again? You know, like what what circumstances what injuries do the LA Galaxy have? Remember, they have two open designated player spots. We'll yeah. talk about it here in a second.
0: But what Who would make the decisions yeah, to bring players in the, got injured the already, field that makes that possible?
1: Right. Yeah. I just I just it's just like it's one of those things. It's like let's speak in realities and not just hyperbole so much. So yes, go ahead. Sorry.
0: But I will say, if he starts winless in 10, yeah. he does need to go. You don't yeah. get till the summer. That's a no-brainer type of thing. I thought the discussion we were having is, is he going to get fired this season? No. And I think there is a difference between, does he deserve to get fired? Will he be fired? That's a different commentary and a discourse than, he's definitely going to be fired if he doesn't you know, make the playoffs, or he doesn't you know, turn around, or the team doesn't. You know look good towards the end of the season that he's definitely going to be gone in the offseason if you I think that's a different conversation if you than, were in charge
1: if you were in charge if you are Dan Beckerman because <laughs> Greg made a funny thing we had um it, first of all his entire press conference just his section alone is over an hour um and then he spoke for another 40 minutes after the cameras went off uh to Scott French and Damian Calhoun as well right so Greg basically gave about two hours of his time to explain stuff which by the way I don't know that you get that all the time from from most coaches. Right. And uh, Greg knew he was coming in and doing that. But he made a point. He said, I don't hire and fire myself. So somebody would have to make that decision. Right. We're all like, well, it's it's Beckerman. Right. We've talked about this before, how it's stacked up. You know, Tom Braun's not going to fire Greg Vanny. That's not how that works. Right. So that is funny. But so if you were AEG, would you have fired Greg Vanny after this season?
0: I would not have. And this is where everyone's going to point and laugh and say, you know, how how can you say that after, you know, being critical, but I, I, sitting in that seat and looking at everything that happened, I do give him another season because of the circumstances that started this season with, uh, you know, Chris Klein in the front office and how that impacted the team with the amount of injuries that you have. And I, I do give him another season now that I have seen enough of a sample size from sub patterns and tactics and, you know, from what he he brings that I I the 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 sense the spidey sense is tingling to where there's not a very long rope, and if it, it doesn't look good and the team isn't going in the right direction, that I think he's on a short much shorter leash next season because the first year you hire him, you know, obviously he's not going anywhere, even if he had a you know historically losing season. The second year you hire him makes the playoffs, of course you're not going to fire him in that regard. So the third year, down year as bad as it was. With everything that happened, I think he does deserve another chance. But I have seen enough to where I, I'm not I'm not thoroughly impressed. And maybe if I am AEG and I'm making those decisions, maybe I do have feelers out and I'm asking. You know, we've had this discussion. I'm asking Will Kuntz to go on the super secret undercover mission. Uh, you know, to look. You know, vet head coaches and kind of see who's right. available. Right. You know, because obviously Vanny's not gonna like you said you know, replace himself. But I, so that's my take on it. I do give him another year if I'm in that seat to give him a chance, but with the understanding, Hey, this is, this is the year. The results need to, the results need to speak for themselves at some point. And I think to your point about Vanny giving two hours of his time and really going in depth and recapping it, I think that's also a product of him knowing that he's somewhat on the hot seat that he's, the, the club is not in great shape. This was not a fun season for people. And I think he needs to justify it. This happens, happens to us as podcasters. Whenever you're in a hole, let me talk my way out of this. Wait, no, no, no. Just give me a few more minutes to explain. Right. And I think if everything was great, I don't think you get two hours from Greg Vanny. Well, I think with everything that went wrong, him justifying his position, justifying his decisions, you know, picking apart the season on little handball calls and VAR calls, where it went wrong, where this went wrong. I think, that's why you get such a lengthy conversation and it's a valuable conversation is because it's a product of him knowing I, I'm I need to defend myself. I need to justify why I'm the You know, you know someone asked him, is he the right guy for the job? Uh, I don't know who that person was, but that's why he's having that discussion because he he's, he knows he needs to justify that.
1: I'll say this. Uh, I've had on record and off record conversations with Greg Vandy before. And he's usually, I mean, Quite honestly, I did expect him to talk for as many hours as he did. That's He just likes it. It's him. It is it is him. You saw him be emotional after the Dallas game. I know we didn't even talk about that. I mean, but I was sitting in the room and I saw a guy who, you know, had tears in his eyes and he's like, I'm, you know, it, he's a guy who's not used to failing um, like this. And, and for a season that was uh, emotionally charged, mentally draining, uh, I can understand the release at the end of this and. Uh, you know, what does it say about Greg Vanney? It says that he's he's an individual who cares about how he's viewed and cares about the results of the team. And I'll tell you right now, I don't I don't consider that performative at all. I think that's honest and genuine. Um, and I think that as he said, in because he answered my question, I was I had I got to ask a fun one in an exit interview question um, is that he nobody cares about this team more than he does. And and, you know, yeah, that's something to say. Um, I, I tend to believe it, uh, everything that Greg Vanny talked about in, in, in different ways, I tend to believe, um, in, Mm -hmm. in most ways I can, I can pull apart things and I can say stuff. And I think we've done that where Eric, you and I have talked about results in front of the curtain behind the curtain and that's great. But you know, it's the Chris Klein argument, which is look at all the stuff you don't see that I'm doing but yeah. even though it's not having a positive effect over here right it's like you eventually get it everybody knows that eventually the results have to come and i think that 2024 is that year everybody i've talked to on the record off the record in the la galaxy organization uh one person said they were embarrassed by the fact that they didn't make the playoffs i thought that was that was uh you know yeah. just showing and by the way you know, the club. Yeah, yeah i know right um but the fact that you know nine nine teams make it somebody called it you know cataclysmic that they didn't make the playoffs like how can you not make
0: yeah. There there's a team in 19th place yeah. in the Supporters Shield standings that is in was in the playoff picture.
1: Yeah, Charlotte, right? Yeah. Charlotte yeah. was actually—I uh, think—Portland was finished above Charlotte in terms of points Tech- per game and yeah. all that stuff, but it got still yeah. got eliminated. Charlotte yeah, Charlotte
0: was in nineteenth place, made yeah. the playoffs. Portland in eighteenth place in Supporters Shield didn't, but did not make the playoffs. Yeah,
1: didn't make it. Actually, uh, the Galaxy could have helped Portland out by beating Dallas, um, and and didn't. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you like Portland. But what I'm saying is that everybody knows and everybody has been talking about 2024. Greg Vanny said something that says that he said that this this team of people working behind has never been pro- more proactive than they have been and i know that they've been talking about 2024 since june probably yeah. like i mean <laughs> probably since chicharito was injured to yeah, be fair i'm mean, in a lot of ways right and, yeah. and how they're planning but the planning has been advanced in all those ways so uh, let me get to the super chat so i can actually scroll down to the bottom of the chat because i've been sitting sure. it here at the very front i have <laughs> no idea what people are saying underneath this is probably a good thing well
0: while you scroll let me just finish one thought yeah. because you did mention you you felt that none of it was performative and so when i'm saying that you know that part could have been part of the reason i don't believe he's putting on a show or he's putting on a performance i want to clarify that that i don't think he's He's trying to, and I've seen some comments, you know, in the chat about it being a ruse and a con man and that type of thing. I don't think he's trying to get anything over. I think he's being honest and he's explaining himself, but he does have, you know, as, as they say in I Love Lucy, he's got a lot of explaining to do, you yeah. know? So, and that's why, you know, you get these lengthy responses. To your point, yeah, he likes to talk and it, you've had these conversations where they are going to go long. But I think knowing that the lights are on, I'm not saying it's performative, but there was a lot to recap and uncover, there is. and that's why you got so much, there uh, you know, so much meat on that bone on your three-hour like, supercut.
1: Yeah. By the way, super chat. Uh, Lasso's optimism. Ten-dollar super chat. Uh, good evening, gents. Looks like Doug is gone. Cheech is on his way. Ricky's happily staying, and Griezmann is on his way. Right. Let the healing begin from our favorite optimist. Yeah. Lasso's optimist it's, is in there. Not, so.
0: I was gonna say that it, the name's not just a, a gimmick. It's not <laughs> after Lasso's optimism for nothing. <laughs> That's
1: right. Actually, one of my favorite accounts, by the way, because I enjoy a little bit of optimism on account ca- yeah. on occasion. Uh, Philip, we
0: appreciate you, Lasso.
1: Yeah, there's there's too many people who deal in, deal in absolute negatives th- for me to 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 really glom onto that. I am a glass half full guy um, <laughs> at heart. So uh, Philip, by the way, gives us a two dollar super chat. Says Vanny out if Galaxy lose the opener five nothing. Won't matter what the score is. Hate to break it to you. I know even not even in like twenty three to nothing. I don't know twenty three to nothing. Do you fire everybody? Do you? I, hey, no, what, what has game, to happen? It's only, it's it's only zero six, points. Right. It's zero points. <laughs> it's, who cares? You just lost three points. You're only three points, mm-hmm. points
0: behind as a supporter shield. But your gold you differential
1: leave. starts at minus yeah. 23. So that's a problem. Yeah. But uh, yeah. It was, uh, it, was, uh, it was really interesting there. Um, I mean, let me take you behind the scenes just a little bit of what happened on Monday um, because I want you to understand why there's a three-hour and 22-minute video on the Corner of the Galaxy YouTube page that talks about... L.A. Galaxy interviews, and it basically is every interview as uncut as I can make it because I actually get given the videos. So, I mean, for the most part, it's the full interview. I can tell you I've listened to all of them now twice. Um, so I can tell you that it's, it's pretty uncut. I may have, when you couldn't hear a question at the front, I didn't necessarily save that cause it's not going to do you any good to not hear the question. The two guys who were in the studio, uh, talking to those guys in person were Scott French, and Damian Calhoun. Um, and then I think on the phone, it was myself or on zoom. I should say it was myself, Alex Ruiz, Mike gray and, uh, Rob, uh, Rob Halone Rob, Is it Rob Jalen? I, Rob, I never know how to say your last name. <laughs> I, I was going to say you,
0: you, you're, it's definitely Halone. If I I had to guess. Halon. 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 Jallow. One of our, our, our buddies there, but it's definitely not Jalen. I can tell you that much.
1: I I, I, appro- I apologize.
0: Robbie Jalen, that's the host of the.
1: I just I just show, I, I just know Rob.
0: I just know Rob. That's all.
1: So uh, I believe that was everybody. Oh ch- oh, uh, Charlie Boom Boom. Charles Bohm was on there as well. Oh, uh, so Charlie
0: Charlie Boom Boom's a heck of a nickname.
1: Char- there, you don't know about ah Char- oh, Charles is the best man. I love Charles. I um, mean,
0: I I am familiar with the Twitter account. I follow, right, right. but I didn't know Charlie Boom Boom was a thing.
1: So so the I, I've told you the story about Charles and um just. Kind of what a cool dude he is. Like, he's one of those guys that if you haven't seen him for five years, and then he's like, hey, you want to go grab a beer? You go and grab a beer because you're like, yeah, I want to hang out with that dude. Um, Char- I met Charlie whenever he came out for an MLS Cup. Uh, and it was just like, sort of, I was in a group of people that he was in a group of people, but we knew each other the whole deal. And last time I was in Washington DC, not this, not this last, last time, but the last time I actually got to go to the city, he hit me up on Instagram and was like, Hey, you want to grab a beer with uh, g- beer? And I'm like, yeah, let me dump my wife and kids and head on out. <laughs> so I went out and had a, had a drink with Charles, uh, Baum. He's just, he's an amazing man. So if you get a chance to follow him, he's a great reporter, uh, does some really awesome stuff. So I, am a big fan of fan of Charles. So Well that's that's uh, that's always fun whenever the computer just shuts the- <laughs> literally it went it went error and then I got a blue screen and then everything died. All right. So so I think that's that's really what the what the issue
0: was. Okay, I have no idea what the issue was. Let's be I was say the chat's having fun. This is almost better without okay. Yeah, without everything.
1: All right. Well yeah, let's just keep what, chatting. What were we talking about in, in the chat? <laughs> we're while talking I'm- about
0: Charlie Boom Boom.
1: Charles, Charles Baum is Charles Boehm. is a man of, of, of a few words and, and many mysteries. He's kind of like, um, he, I don't know. He's almost like mythical in a lot of ways. He's just a good hang. So Charlie, Charles is a yep. great, great dude. And I always appreciate him, but he was on the call as well. So that's the behind and, the scenes. Yes.
0: And the point that I was going to make is that is why. The league is so great. It's the relationships that are built. It's kind of being in on that with the Euro snobs and whatnot. Right. Uh, saying, you know, well, MLS isn't quality. Messi's going and just, you know, uh, you know, tearing up the league. You know, what a low-quality league. That's not what it's about. It's about the people who make up these communities and are part of that. That's and, that's what makes you know, wait, wait, wait. I want, I want the line
1: and the friends we made upon the Come way, on. right? That's that's
0: that's isn't that how it works? <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it's all about. That's Where's optimism. About. To, there it is. So that's to make the Pollyanna reference. Here, oh, right?
1: good lord. All right. So, anyway, so that's yeah, sort yeah. of that was behind the scenes, right? You had the guys in the studio, the guys on Zoom. <clears throat> now, this started at 8 45 a.m. in the morning, which is early. Just like to let you know, for a press conference, most sports reporters don't get out of bed until like you know. 10, 11 o'clock in the uh, in the in the morning because they've been up till one, two, three o'clock in the morning doing everything else, right? So, uh, getting there at eight forty-five a.m. is early. Uh, the players were there. We basically laid out a list. Somebody said, "Oh, well, the Galaxy only made players available they wanted to make playable. Actually, we gave them a list, and they made as many players on the list as available as they could. Obviously, we asked for Chicharito. He was he didn't he didn't show up there, um, and it was short notice. That's interesting not, though. I'm not. I, I thought. He should have been there, right? Douglas Costa was there, Ricky Pouge well, was there,
0: right? And we had this conversation on last week's show. You know, is he gonna show up to he, fan appreciation he day? Was and there. he did. Yes, he did. He did. So As a matter of fact, I went got in his ear or what? Yeah. I went into
1: the the post-game press conference and i was sitting there and we were waiting for greg and it took a little while because everybody was out on the field so it was going to take a while for people to come in so the reporters got to talk and i'm like oh we'll see chicharito didn't even show up and then i was like oh maybe i should ask being i didn't see him it doesn't mean he wasn't there and so i asked and they're like yes he was he was there and then i saw pictures and video of him afterwards um and he was there so um so he was there uh he did the whole fan appreciation thing um you know, I, we can talk about that here in a second. I think that'll be a, okay. a, a good thing to talk about but as not we go. But at, not
0: at, not at uh, exit interviews.
1: Not at exit interviews, right? And so basically, we gave them a list, and they made as many of those people available as we could. I think the ones that we missed were probably Jonathan Bond, uh, Dayon Jovalich. Now, Dayon Jovalich, interestingly enough, apparently left Saturday night whenever he was at right after the game. He went on a plane, and he went home. Right. That was always his plan. Now, people Serbia home, right? Serbia home. Yes. Yes. Serbia home. Not, not, not wherever he lives in the South Bay. Probably. I don't know where he lives, but um, I'm guessing it's in the South Bay. Right. But there was Manhattan Beach for sure. There were people having mild heart attacks today whenever he posted on his story that it said like, you know, moving day and he had the name of the movers and everybody's like, he's moving today. I'm like, no, he's already gone. He's been gone. He has not been. He's not here, folks. He hasn't been here. That's a story he saved and then put in for later. Right. So that was I'm sure that was part of a promotional deal of some. Sort right that he was that he was pulling out, but where is he going? He's going I,
0: home. It's okay. I was going to say th- this makes me think that I, I do need to visit Serbia because between him and between uh, Nikola Jokic from the Nuggets, that guy won an NBA championship and could not. Want to get home faster? Uh, he didn't even want to go to the championship parade. He's like, I just want to go home, with yeah. my horses. <laughs> and Jovetic on Saturday night, he's ready to go home. What, what's going on in Serbia? They have like, a lot I of need, horses. Need to Investigate. Yeah. I don't
1: know, but no, I mean, he he wanted to go home, and so he was gone. So now we did get uh, we did get answers from him. We did get uh, actual uh, notes from him. I posted some of those on there. But basically, Jovetic says, I expect to be back next year. Which, duh, he has a contract, so um, it's one of those that we can sort of talk about now. Contract wise and how we sort of know all this thing, the, the list that you see up in front of your screen. And if you're listening on the podcast, the list that I have is one through 32 players. And this, this indicates a monumental change in how MLS has been going for the last 15 seasons. I've been covering it. Do you know why this is so different from any, every other year, Eric? Why? Because I, thank you for playing along because, <laughs> because I have the contract information for every single player on here. We actually know speculation. It's not speculation. We like we missed um, I think uh, Ori Rossell has a, has an option and we missed that on my list and I changed it. Right. That type of, but that's how close we are to getting a full absolute, list of every single player and by the way it's part of mls now to announce contract information so we get that whenever it comes but there were some i was missing here that i had to do a little digging for that eventually got up here and now i have it so i have 32 players for the la galaxy remember you're allowed to have 30 but with the season ending injuries and all the other stuff that was sort of going on and they moved some guys down to g2 and other things that's how they're able to have um that 32 on the list and and all that fun stuff right so we know right now that the LA Galaxy have 17 players who con- whose contracts are either up or are on options, right? And uh, and that's sort of where we take most of this stuff and where we can we can learn that. So we knew for the first time going into exit interviews, Eric, we didn't have to ask, so what's your contract status? Because that used to be number one question in, in exit interviews are, what's your contract status? And they're like, oh, I have a contract for this until this. And you're like, okay, well then do you expect to be back next year, right? There was all this whole like sort of rigmarole that you would go through in order to try to find out. And some guys, if they didn't want to tell you, they didn't have to tell you. Right. So it wasn't like it was one of those things that'd be like, (laughs) "Uh, I'm not gonna discuss my contracts and it's like, Oh, okay, well then I guess we'll never know, right? It would've just been nothing. So now we know.
0: know, Remember the Ola Kamara situation where, you know, (laughs) so I think someone mentioned His extension or his bonus or something like that, and he's like, "Oh yeah, how did how did you know that? Because I, I I wasn't going to share that information." So even even situations like that where they're even surprised that you know people know that information.
1: Well, I remember Chicharito yelled at us, I think earlier this year or maybe it was earlier last year. Whenever we he was like, "Yeah, of course you guys know I have a contract for next year. I hit my options and blah blah blah." <laughs> yeah. and we're like, Didn't "No, no, we, we have no idea." Six goals. And, yeah, no. In yeah, and, and training, and, and then I'd be invited back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to stand on my head for five minutes, and then I'd be invited back. So, um, so that's sort of where we go. So, what we can tell you is from this list, we know Javier Hernandez, Douglas Costas, both out of contract, uh, Michael Berrios out of contract, uh, Caligari out of contract, but he was on loan, right? So really, it's the end of his a loan
0: unique situation, right?
1: Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Costas out of contract, Jonathan Bond, or I'm just giving you the the people who are who are out of contracts. Uh, Uri Rosell has an option. Uh, Tyler Boyd out of contract. We've been talking about that a lot, so you should know that one already. Kelvin Leardam option, Billy Sharp option, Jonathan Klinsman option, Edwin Serio out of contract, but he's going to sign a new contract. We've already talked about that multiple times. So he's going to be back. He's going to sign a new contract. Uh, Tony Alfaro has an option. Uh, Adam Saldana is out of contract. That's an interesting one, too, if you want to get into like the lower level stuff and talk about contracts and where he's going. So Adam Saldana uh, is on the hot seat sort of right now about whether or not he'll be brought back. Uh, Daniel Aguirre has an option. Preston Judd has an option. Uh, Michovic, his loan has ended, right? And then Gino Vivi has an option. Okay, he has three club options. He's one of those guys who has like every <laughs> club option, right? It's like yeah. one-year deal, Pick, yeah. three club Pick options. Card. Yeah, yeah, right. So um, so that was this. That means that we know people who are coming back right now. Ricky Push coming back. Gaston Brugman coming back. Diego Fagundes coming back. Maya Ishida coming back. Mark Delgado. Dayan Jovalich. Jonathan Bond. Chris Mavinga. Raheem Edwards. Julian Alde. Uh, Jonathan Perez. Or I should say Johnny Perez. I just have him as Jonathan Perez. Uh, Marcus. Yeah, who's, say, who's, who's this, this government name? Then? What did he yeah, do? Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> uh, Marcus Fercrantis, Jalen Neal, Mauricio Cuevas, uh, and Eric Zavaleta. Oh, no, not Eric Zavaleta.
0: Oh, God. He's back, baby.
1: Oh, God. By the way, I have been giving Eric Zavaleta too much credit on this podcast, and I apologize. He doesn't make 87000 He makes $85,444. So just in case you want to get real angry at <laughs> night, blaming Eric Zavaleta for all your own problems... Uh, why you got fired at work, all the other things, you know, that's that. Then you can go ahead and do that for Eric Zavala. He's right there and he will be back for next year in 2024. All right. So that was that's sort of where we stood heading into this. Now, we also never talked about salaries. Um, and for the most part, nothing. You didn't really need to know much about the salaries, except that. That the a couple of guys who had just joined the league we didn't know right so it was guys like Billy Sharp um, who you didn't quite know how much money he was making and he's making about two hundred forty thousand dollars now he didn't make two hundred forty thousand dollars whenever he joined the LA Galaxy this year yeah
0: it's prorated yeah
1: it's prorated it's for the year right so he made not even like half of that probably. Uh, whenever it all comes down to it, so Billy Sharp is one of them, and then another one is Maya Yoshida. Maya Yoshida at eight hundred or almost almost nine hundred. Whenever you take his guaranteed and everything else that is in there, right? And so that was that was interesting because he really was repla- re- replacing Casarus, uh, and Casarus was making about five hundred thousand dollars, right in that in that range. And so there is quite a pretty big bump for Yoshida at eight hundred thousand dollars. I have no idea. People I saw in the chat room, people are like, oh, people are worried about Yoshida and it, whether he's overpaid or not. And I'm going to say I have no idea because I don't really think I've gotten a real good fix on him being he played with every center back uh the LA Galaxy had and then some they didn't have who they traded for and brought in and then also played him with right so um I'll, I'll say it I'll yeah. say
0: it I, for for what Caceres brought to you at 500k I don't know that my Yoshida is worth a 300k bump investment I don't right. know the, the to me the shades of difference don't warrant that that's not to say that Yoshida you know, isn't gonna be the starting backline and his leadership isn't invaluable and what he can bring in that experience is not important. But I feel like Caceres can bring the same thing. So I'll say that. And that's uh that's not to say that he, he maybe it is it is saying he's overpaid, but I'm just saying the difference in pay, I don't see uh, him you know, being that uh, much quite, better him being that much better right, right. to where, you know, to fill in that role. But if you've established that you need someone in the Martin Caceres role and you've you know need to get someone there's not tons of those guys around. So if you need to pay a little extra to make sure you have that guy, then I kind of understand, you know, wanting to make that move for Yoshida, knowing that, you know, Caceres could be on his way out.
1: I am, uh, I'm not, I'm not necessarily, I'm not concerned. Let me, show me next year, right? Next year will be my barometer yeah. on that. If he's lights out with everybody else on the defense, then guess what? They're all worth the money because the way the Galaxy bled goals. And I think we did jinx them uh, on the last podcast. We said they'd have to allow four goals in order to get to 67 and they yeah. did just that. So <laughs>
0: yeah, we, yeah, that last game, did we even recap the Dallas game? We, yeah, we don't was,
1: really need to yeah, recap need the, to. the Dallas game. I was, I was trying to go through, I have the goals in here somewhere. Let me see if, is this one, the goals? Uh, Yeah, LA Galaxy goals scored. So 51 average, by the way, for every LA Galaxy team is 50.5. So the LA Galaxy were technically Above average this year on scoring goals, which is crazy to think being that they weren't so scoring any goals crazy. at the beginning yeah. of the year. Right. <laughs> and that they came back and really it did flip flop because I thought the defense was better at the beginning of the year and the offense was worse. And then it went the other way. And Vanny we, even said in his thing, he goes, maybe we gave up too many goals in search of getting goals. He goes, but I don't think that was really the issue. And then he goes, he goes, I, you know, there was, there was a whole bunch of issues there. Um, yeah,
0: Both both sides of the field were never in sync at the no. same time. No, no. I, no. And I, I think that's something Ah, uh, one of my takeaways from listening to the exit interviews and what Vanny was saying is the consistent starting eleven and the importance of that. And asking the question, what was the barometer of like what was our best eleven, and then how does how do the teams compare to that? I don't know that you ever saw the best eleven correct on the field once. Vanny said that. He, Vandy. He mentioned, yeah, yep. that that was my takeaway. He, I'm, I'm repeating what he said. He, he said maybe it was like a five, five, ten minute stretch it was, where you had your best possible eleven. So how can you compare anything when you never saw what the finished product could have been? Twenty. They
1: now, Vanny claims it's twenty minutes. I've yet to do the research, and I don't think anybody has really questioned this yet. We tried, and it's, it's a difficult one to research because <laughs> you have to try to find all three designated players playing on the he field. He didn't at the same say it time. Out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah he was he, exactly. I would trust him, but basically it was the Austin game, and I think the last twenty minutes of the Austin game. Uh, Douglas Costa came in and he was playing with Chicharito, with Pooj, and that was the 20 minutes that the LA Galaxy got all three designated players on the field at the same time. That was it. Uh, That's all that ever happened. So that's really interesting to sort of look. And by the way, we can go to Um, The the designated player in the DP minutes that we had right here. It is Chicharito Hernandez played less than 22 point played less than 25% of the total available minutes. 22.5 Douglas Costa finished under 40% for the season of total available minutes. Ricky Puj, uh, 82.5% by the way, Ricky's fine. And, and that's, that's where you should expect him to sort of be in a lot of these Uh, 2023 now ends at 48.3. So as long as I've been keeping records, the least amount of minutes played by designated players. Um, for, for since 2018, I only have them to for 2018, yeah. but, uh, that's pretty, that's pretty incredible whenever you, whenever you look at all those things. Right. So, um, we go to exit interviews. So this is why we were there starting at eight forty five. We did not get done until after, uh, one, one, one Oh five, one Oh seven, something like that. So it was like four hours, um, three hours and 22 minutes worth of, uh, of, of, of Video that you see, but that's whenever you stack them like the one person is right behind the other person. Yeah. And a couple times we had to wait no a little transition little bit. time, yeah. yeah, yeah, we had to wait a little bit in between people coming and that type of thing. So, um, you know, the if you go to the LA Galaxy, it's I really wanted to scare everybody and go, okay, let's talk about the LA Galaxy interviews. We're gonna go question by question, uh, and and go through <laughs> well, all I was things, gonna say,
0: right? I'm, on, I'm on central time, this, this is an issue, yeah,
1: yeah, it very, it very well could be an issue, right? So, um, yeah, we won't, we won't make it uh, that long. I do implore you to. Um, and I have had some people who listen to all of it and I think it's really educational. If you do listen to all of it, I will tell you if somebody asks me like, who should I absolutely listen to? Absolutely. Listen to Greg. Duh. That Mm -hmm. one's easy. Right. Um, absolutely listen to Ricky. Absolutely. Listen to Tyler Boyd. Listen to Mark Delgado. Now, Mark is this, this, this strange cat kind of guy. He is, he's slower with his answers than everybody. And you would think that that would be annoying but when you watch Mark Delgado and you watch him think and you watch him ponder, you're getting real answers from Mark Delgado, right? There's nothing can. He's not reacting real quick. He's taking the time to understand the question. A lot of times he he's even processing. Re- yeah. He repeats the question like he's sort of like, oh, man, what about this season, This season? And I, I think like the, the technique. Yeah. The, yeah. the opening sign of his thing was, man, it was weird. It was weird. It was weird. It was strange. Right, that's Mark Delgado, but it's totally worth listening to. Um, I had somebody, um, Andrew, uh, Andrew from uh, LA Riot Squad, said that I said listen to listen to Mark, and he was like totally worth listening to Mark. It's great; he gives really great answers. Uh, listen to Eric Zavalletta, hundred percent. Listen to Eric Zavalletta. Um, It's funny because there's like twelve interviews, and I've given you like more than half of them. Like, who are the ones you <laughs> have say, to listen to? You're
0: basically, saying yeah, I'll, I'll give this piece of advice. This is what I did. Obviously, I haven't listened to the whole thing, but if you're listening to a podcast, so you obviously you know, if you're hearing this, you like to, you know, listen to people speak in the background or while you're doing something, throw it on. It's like lo-fi beats while you're, you know, if you're a work from home person, you throw it on in the background, listen to it as you're getting some work done, as you're cleaning up around the house, getting some chores done. It's an easy thing to do in the background. So three hours sounds daunting, but just like any podcast or anything, I think it, it is worth the listen. If you're as diehard of an LA Galaxy fan as, you know, as we are, and that's why you're here, then right. I, I think it is worth going and listening through. You're mentioning, you know, your your highlights, but listen to the whole thing. I think everyone who did speak, I don't think there were anyone, <laughs> you know, if the the people who, you know, the Zavaleta fan club who may not be thrilled uh, about him being out there. I th- I still think it's valuable to hear, the amount of minutes that he got down the stretch, you want to hear that perspective on what he was going through as well. So I, I would recommend listening to the whole thing, even though you're you're shouting out your highlights.
1: Let me play a couple things. Uh, let me play Tyler Boyd because I think Tyler Boyd's a really good li- one to listen to, but we have a, I can pull some audio from here. We don't have to listen to it all, but I want to hear you, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd is out of contract. We told you he was on a year contract. There were no options. This is it. This was Tyler Boyd's chance to come back from Turkey and sort of come in and be like, I can still play. And still so got it. Mm-hmm. it was a, it was a gamble for him, Eric. It was a gamble for him to do this, but he came in on a one year contract and basically said, I want to show you that I can play. And he did. You know. And now he's looking at a payday. <laughs> I was going right? to say,
0: I'm ready to give you the verdict. He can. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's still got it. And the galaxy should be interested in making sure he comes back.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So let's see if we can uh, hear from Tyler Boyd uh, just a little bit.
2: Yeah, it, it was a dream come true. Um, I've always wanted to play for this club, so coming here has been a blessing, and I never took it for granted. Each time I put on that shirt, I tried to do my best, tried to play for the fans, play for the history of the club. So it, it was definitely a dream come true, um, and I hope to play many more more seasons for this club. So um, I think it was it wasn't a dream as far as not making the playoffs. That was re- very disappointing, but um, it'll taste that much sweeter when we do have success in the future. So I think um, setbacks make the the victory even better. So there you go. Setbacks
1: make the victory even better. That's Tyler. Now, Tyler Boyd, who was asked, he said, um, you know, basically that they are in talks with the LA Galaxy. I think here's the thing. And we talk about that maybe this isn't true anymore, but Tyler Boyd grew up watching the LA Galaxy. He wants to play on this team. So (laughs) Greg Vanny said about Tyler Boyd, he said... You never know what the expectations are of the uh, player and of the agents, right? Like maybe he's like, well, I want $3 million a year. And it's like, okay, well, then Tyler Boyd's not coming back, right? Until, until he can find somebody, he's going to find somebody who's going to pay him that. But I think if everything's reasonable, Eric, I think that there's a very good chance that Tyler Boyd comes back and wants to come back and play for the LA Galaxy. He likes Greg Vanny. You want to talk about common threads that we heard throughout this? Now, I know I'm going to hear people say, oh, well, you're just, the, what else are they going to say? To a player, everybody talked about Greg Vanney and sort of what he's meant to them, what he meant this season. Uh, and they talked about how that he guided them through this season. Greg Vanny talked about guiding these guys through the season. One of the most interesting things I think I heard Greg Vanny say, at least for me, because I've heard most of everything else before and I expected all the other stuff. But he talked about not knowing when to lean on the guys, right? Like come into the locker room and throw yeah. chairs, and not <laughs> not knowing and and not knowing like when to take pressure off. And he was constantly in this battle of do I lean on him or do I take pressure off? Do I lean on him or I take pressure off? Think about that first half of the season when the Galaxy can't win a game, they keep trying, right? They started the, they started the year with injuries. The first game didn't go off against LAFC, right? Things are just weird. There's a player there's a supporter boycott going on, right? All these things are stacking up. Like there's part of you, I'm sure, as a coach that says you guys aren't listening to what I'm telling you, you're not doing and there's a want to come in there and throw a chair across the room and you know rack some brains. Remember how much pressure was on them at that point right? Do you think him yelling and throwing chairs fixes those problems? I don't know the answers to this. I'm just sitting there in the scenario, which none yeah. of us have to make. We don't get to make those decisions, Eric. That's a tough scenario. If you've ever yeah. been in, in part of a was, team, it's a tough if scenario. You've ever,
0: if you've ever been a parent of, of, of a child or of, of, you know, multiple children, that, that's what why I'm kind of giggling and laughing. You know, our favorite thing is to compare ourselves to professional athletes and professional coaches, you know, I think about, you know, talk, having conversations with, with my children and coaching teams. And it's it's really difficult knowing when to lean in and say, you know, what I'm saying is correct. You're not executing. At what point do you need the tough love? At what point do you need the soft touch? Hey, you know, you're doing great. Let's just, you know, support you doing it. There, there's a psychology to that, you know, and as silly as it sounds, you know, comparing, you know, parenting your, your, your preteen or your toddler or whatever it is it's not that different. You know, people are people, whether they're little people, whether they're playing professional sport, They're their personalities that need to, need to be massaged and, and knowing when to lean, pull on the levers and pull, push on the levers. This is why you hear, you know, when people talk about Bruce Arena and and his greatness of man managing, you know, the tactics we were for those who were around for the, you know, tail end of Bruce's tenure with the galaxy. Sometimes the tactics were the reason why people weren't necessarily thrilled. But that wasn't the reason that he was being successful. Nope. There was a whole psychology behind it. And so it, it just makes me laugh that it's easy to say, well, the, the team should have been doing that. Or why doesn't Vanny implement his system? Why aren't the, you know, if he has the system, why aren't they doing that? It's not easy. <laughs> and so when you think, when you sit back and look at that and divorce yourself from the, you know, Fandom and what's right of funny. Why don't you just do it? You know, it's um, you have all the answers to the test. Why aren't you just doing it? It's it's not that easy. So it's one of those things that's easy to, you know, side our armchair quarterback from from the sidelines here. But when you're in it, it is is, is really tricky. And it's important to hear those perspectives, uh, you know, from Greg Vanney and from the players as well.
1: Um yeah and and so tyler boyd is is one of those guys he i mean i could play you you could go listen to it he talks about greg Vanney. he talks about de- how detail oriented. i heard from multiple players about greg Vanny, how much he prepares them for matches like they never feel like they're going into a match unprepared which sometimes you're like really because it looks like you guys are unprepared but that's um <laughs> Wait,
0: they, he didn't mean the last game did he right,
1: right no i'm, I'm sure pr- pr- probably not well i mean the players and even the players came out in some of these interviews and said listen you know obviously the coach is is going to get a lot of the blame he goes but you know. I can't remember if it was Zavaleta or for someone else. It's like, but the players have to perform. Like they have to get out there and do it. And, he, and you know, a lot of times we didn't do that this year. We didn't yeah. put ourselves in the right positions to do. Uh, by the way, Logan. A realist. Uh, yeah, exactly. Logan gives gives us two dollar super chat. Is uh, Jorgen Shelvick off the books yet? <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. It was it was a long one, wasn't it? He was like extended out for multiple years, if I remember correctly, and yeah, like a I whole bunch of stuff.
0: The, I don't know what the deal was, but uh, yeah, that one that one was a weird one. I think because he's not on your chart. Right, I think you would have kept him on the chart if you would just Probably, for just for, for the S the, the joke. Yeah, just okay. for the joke because you know what that would mean. But I, I don't think he's technically on the roster anymore. But uh, to to wrap up the Tyler Boyd Boyd piece of it all and and him being resigned, all those comments about you know him saying we didn't live up to, to the expectations. I just mentioned that's him being a realist. I don't think you know he's going to ask for a DP contract or for millions of dollars. I think he kind of knows. Where where his range is, and to what I was saying about Lecce, we were joking about you know not leaving his you know home to go somewhere else. It's Serbia home. Living in the South Bay, the players seem to like the lifestyle around here. Yep. You can ask Chicharito, ask Douglas Costa. Um, you, and I mentioned those two players because then you talk about maybe not being a realist so much and thinking that you're at a level that maybe you're not still at. I think Douglas Costa and Chicharito may fit that mold to where you know, settling for a non-DP contract or anything outside of that. It's not in their mindset. Whereas someone like Tyler Boyd, I could feel like, you know, he he could ask for DP, but I don't know. He won't. He's going to get tons of offers or be put in good situations. So I want to put that to bed. I think, you know, it's probably going to be reasonable within range, uh, you know gonna I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna put the range
1: I'm gonna put the range at between 500 and seven hundred thousand dollars that's where I'm gonna put it I think yeah. that's that's probably reasonable by the way Mark Delgado uh, is in there at you know 750 and that type of thing I know people love to rag on Mark Delgado. Um, that reason, one of the reasons the LA Galaxy absolutely bled goals is because Mark Delgado wasn't in the position he was whenever Brogman was playing. It was like a shift of things that happened. But when Brugman was in there, Delgado was able to sit in front of the back four and that helped the back four a whole bunch. When, when Brugman wasn't there, Delgado didn't get to sit there as much. And then Delgado eventually got hurt. He's one of the main reasons why the LA Galaxy probably didn't make the playoffs down the stretch. There's, mul- by the way, Every person that you talk about that gets injured or out, there's multiple ways that you can sort of say how it affects the team. But in general, it, the real way it affected the team was that they had this giant conglomeration of injuries that they eventually couldn't overcome.
0: It was holes. It was gaps in the field. Absolutely. You know, we're talking about best elevens. When you know take away a best eleven, and you're you know your, your defenses literally get weaker. And so that's one of those things uh, there. I, I I'd put them right in that that range seven fifty eight hundred thousand. I feel like. Uh, you know, he's the second leading goal scorer on the team, yep. you know, tied or tied for the goal, leading goal scorer. If you want to go by MLS goals only,
1: only, uh, so only guy to play every single game this consistency. year. Consistency.
0: Yep. Yeah. can talk about that percentage that you saw from the DP players, you know, Tyler Boyd went above and beyond in that regard. So I, I think he, he will be fairly compensated and I think it will be within within that range.
1: Tyler Boyd played with a torn quad uh, and a broken hand in that season still played every single game. It was game.
0: still taped up towards the end of the season, right? Yep. I imagine he's going to have surgery in the offseason.
1: I mean either either that or or it's one of those things that will heal once he actually stops using it, right? It's one of those. I he didn't say he was or, scheduled for surgery or anything like that, so
0: or is he superstitious enough that once it heals, he's still going to wear the tape? He's going to he put the tape the
1: whole time. I mean, you know, um, never know. Uh, let's go through some other ones because I have some notes. that Like this means I, I wrote down notes as they were happening. So this is like a better way to go through the exit interviews than to go through everyone. Uh, Maya Yoshida basically said he was embarrassed by the season. Says the off season's going to be weird for him, right? Because he just really got into playing shape. He was yeah. talking about that. <laughs> and he says, I'm looking for somewhere in England or Japan to go and train. And like play while while it's sort of off, he's not going to be able to play in real games, but he wants to go and stay in shape in this, the offseason. Yes,
0: that doesn't happen anymore. You know, speaking of like the Beckham documentary, we were talking about the loans that he had during right. his time with the Galaxy. We saw it with Landon Donovan. It seems like that doesn't happen like it used to is. Is, am I am I did something happen with the MLS structure or is it no is I, that something intentional I think, intentional or I think is it the just, amount right?
1: of games I think the amount of games they play anymore there's too much on your body to try to go on loan and then come back and go on loan and by the way nobody likes that right and it doesn't really fit the MLS calendar anymore whenever you look at the fact that the, the games start in February right so it's like what you're going to go on loan in winter time, and then you're going to be gone until June right like yeah, you're back for the playoff you're back, perfect timing right uh, <laughs> so expect that Yoshida will be going somewhere and training somewhere, either England or Japan. But for some of these, guys, I don't want people to freak out because there's already people freaking out. Like Ricky Pouge is going to Barcelona. Why is Ricky Pouge in Barcelona? Because he lives there. That's where he lives. That's where he's from, right? Like, you know, the whole deal, calm down. It's okay. Why is Jovalich moving? Because he doesn't want to spend three months just hanging out here, right? That's not his thing. Remember, I think last year, um, in some of the off seasons or maybe the off season before he stayed out here and I think he worked. I think Sasha question was part of that whole thing uh, because those two were, were BFS and sort of helping him uh, stay in mind. So um that's that's what you have so just just relax my Yoshida expects to be back next season and is really looking forward to coming back and playing and you can hear it from him he wants to be back right so Mm -hmm. you're gonna have Maya Yoshida uh Billy Sharp uh wants to come back has a club option uh talk to Greg and talk to the rest of the coaches but there's no decision on his future yet we'll stay in LA for a couple of weeks because they're really enjoying his my family's really enjoying LA like
0: like I was mentioning right to the Tyler Boyd point yeah
1: And then he's going to head back to England says that whenever he goes back to England that's gonna be super weird because they're playing and he's not going to be Uh, and he's like that's that was my whole life like all these years and the whole deal so I thought that was interesting Uh, Eric Zavaletta said continuity matters whenever he was talking about the defense and everything else I was a Greg Vanny line as well Um, says that Greg kept the team together throughout the turmoil this year I will say this because people you know again I'm the Greg Vanny Homer that's what I hear all the time Uh, we told you (laughs) remember whenever there were people saying that Greg lost the team oh he lost the team oh he lost the team it's horrible the locker room's a mess everything's a problem remember because there are people complaining about each other like there were some players talking right yes Wait, that wasn't this season though was it well yes oh yeah it was this season it was i feel it like was,
0: it, we've had five seasons season. i know, in this I know. Season.
1: it was during the the downturn and <laughs> everything. Because i
0: remember it was the derrick williams right was am i that that was I one say, i think from the previous last season. season yeah yeah but there that was, were, there, was were times there was a rift, this year. possibly yeah. yeah
1: yeah but there was times this year possibly wherever it happened Um, here's the thing is that obviously people are going to go, well, Eric Zavala is his nephew. Of course, he's going to say that that's his meal ticket. (laughs) And by the way, that's the same for all these guys. Anything they say about Greg Vanny has to be put through a lens of these guys are all expecting to come back and get game time. So they're not going to throw Greg Vanny under the bus, right? Agreed. hundred percent. I will just tell you this. There are a lot of pretty impassioned arguments about Greg Vanny in these. And if you think it's just like lip service, then I guess you can dismiss that. But multiple players, when they were asked about Greg, had nothing but glowing things to set him. Uri Rossell was talking. Uh, this one's this one's kind of cool that I thought was. He was like, I, he goes, I love playing for Greg. He goes, it's crazy that I played for Peter Vermees and Greg Vanney. And he goes, they both have different styles, but they prepare you so well. He goes, and it's crazy that I have to play with two of the, like, the best managers in Major League Soccer, right? When everybody in LA Galaxyland is sitting there talking about how bad Greg Vanney is and he's a horrible manager and all this stuff, just know that there are... People around the league who consider Greg Vanny one of the top managers in Major League Soccer easily, hands down, not even a question, right? So among the elite managers in Major League Soccer, that doesn't mean he can't suck here. By the way, Eric,
0: yeah, I'm just well, that's that's where I was going to say. I I never, and that's why I'm kind of not surprised or shocked by, it. I don't remember feeling like he ever lost the team this season. Nope. <laughs> the, the team it lost, never happened. The, the team lost the game. Yes. That's what happened. The team, the team didn't perform. The team didn't live up to expectations. I don't feel like, um, I don't think that was, they were turning on Vanny or, you know, explicitly disobeying him and, you know, sabotaging the team and, you know, doing this or that. I never got that feeling from the team this season. So I'll say that. But, uh, you know, if, if people had that take, I, I never seem to to get that vibe like like he lost the locker room or that the you know the players were never in line with what he wanted the only um, <laughs> I guess the only the only player that you could probably say that was, was maybe Efra Alvarez mm-hmm. because he eventually got shipped out. He wasn't in team sheets right. and, and things like that. And you can kind of read between the lines I think where that was going.
1: If you want to know who that next guy is, who's sort of like on the edge of being shipped out, Adam Saldana is that guy. Just telling you right now that, that they expect him to take. By the way, I think he was defender of the year. For G2. For yeah. G2, yeah. Right. But um, I, I guess correctly on all of the all, I got my my ballot was correct. That was the correct one. Ricky Pooge <laughs> run player of the year. Um, it was uh, it was Caligari who won defender of the year and Jalen Neal won humanitarian of the year. Uh, Ricky Pooge won the golden boot. He was tied with Tyler Boyd. But then they went to overall goals, not just MLS all season, all competitions. Right. And it was nine to eight in that uh, whenever it came. So Ricky had one more goal. So Ricky won golden boot. So there's that.
0: And Ricky also did have the tiebreaker in terms of assists as well. So if they did go, if they wanted to go to doing, another one, yeah, if they, if, if they didn't want to do co golden boots, they right. could, they could, have. he would have still had the edge even with the regular season.
1: Um, Zavaletta said he was talking about the injuries because you know people were asking, are these injuries something that you guys can train out of? And we have somebody in our Discord who uh, is a sports medicine, uh, works in the sports medicine field, so we get a lot of insight on the Discord, which is one of the reasons why you should join the Discord. So Cam on the Discord gives us a lot of really great insights. He's doing internships with a whole bunch of colleges and different things. He can tell us all about recovery times and everything else. And even he was like, "There's not much you can do to train out of these giant ACL injuries." And by the way, there were two contact injuries ricky puja's injury where he hurt his ankle was a contact injury um and then uh the other one was uh, martin Casares. his season ending injury is a contact injury not a non-contact injury um but really there's not a lot you can do in these situations to prevent the kind of injuries that the la galaxy had uh greg Vanny pointed out that every single one of those injuries happened in a game not in training in a game right so it was like to
0: to the Casares point it's a contact injury but it's (laughs) it's kind of a freak incident. How, how freak. often do you bump knees and did you, bump hear, Gre- did you hear what Greg said about get stepped it stepped on? That happens so often right. for it to, you know, shatter a, a kneecap. The chances of that happening are, are so low. So while it is a contact, it's not like, Oh, he was pushing it too hard. He overextended himself. Uh, I think the only argument you could make for that is maybe Chicharito. Um, but, but at the, the same time, Freak, freak in nature and in terms of the impact that it has on the team so even yeah. the contact injury you know right. w- was tricky you can't you can't call it like a run in the mill, something that the the training staff or that they could have trained differently or done something differently right. that could have prevented it.
1: Um, let's see. Uh, Raheem Edwards, back next year, per his contract, said results are embarrassing. Mentions that they tied the most goals allowed as the team in 2017. The the players were very aware of the amount of goals that they gave up this year. Um, yeah. They're usually and, very aware of the stats that are sort of out there whenever we start putting them out there. They pay attention to social media.
0: Yeah. And and, and I'll, I'll shout out Raheem Edwards. Um, when Julian Ade... Came in. I thought that Edwards was officially cooked. I thought, you know, the, you know, his time. He didn't show flashes to where, you know, he couldn't be replaced. And I think after Outen came in, uh, it, there was a noticeable difference in his performance and what he brought to the team. He won Lars Player of the Year. Lars gives out their, their Player of the Year award, and right. he won that award. I think in terms of playing for the crest and whatever that means to you, having that passion going out there, he showed that this season. And I think part of it was. The, the, the you know, the feet were to the flames. He knew that there was someone ready to take his job if he didn't perform. And I think he lived up to the hype and really, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, shut up the haters. Anyone who had questions about him, uh, I think I think he showed that he deserved to come back next season and probably should be a starter on this team
1: uh he's he's an interesting one he talked about how he he's coming back he wants to get better there's some things he wants to work on like he was he was by the way one of the first guys who i thought was honest about the boycott and everything that sort of went on which was he said he it, it affected him right and it affected the players and it affected the team and we're going to talk i want to talk just right on that point here in a second but let's get through some of these other ones so that way we can actually move the show forward a little bit uh we talked to tyler boyd uri Rossell out of contract uh he said psychologically it was difficult to get points but not gain ground right remember when the galaxy were, were like getting points and we're like oh man they're on the run here it comes right you could feel it they're going to climb out of 13th but they kept like there were a couple times greg Vanny even mentioned it he said there were a couple times when if we would have won we would have like moved up and he goes and psychologically that would have been so important for us and it never never happened right it never I, kicked yeah
0: I, I have a game we can play i don't know if you know you talked about moving the, the show forward and i don't know if we want to do it now while we're on the topic or maybe we can uh, you know, do it a little bit later. But they were eight points shy of a playoff spot. And so where can you find those eight points? Oh. I kind of have looked through. Vanny mentioned some of it. Right. I, I feel like I can find those eight points if easily you want to play that game. And easily.
1: You, you could absolutely find those eight points. Like that's, but that's the thing. You could find, I think you could find easily five wins if you just go in there and you, like, right? Well,
0: I, I did it. I, I okay. found 12 points. Go ahead. I found Fine. 12 points. Go ahead. Home opener versus yeah. Vancouver. There was a Ricky goal called back for VAR. There was a Jovlich Handball that goes from a draw to a win. That's plus two home versus Seattle, a really weak shot from Leo Chu that plays out a little bit different. Instead of a loss, that's a draw. That's plus one Charlotte at home. They concede late Chicharito red card. Just kind of a weird situation with the boycott going on still. If that's a draw instead of a loss, that's plus one. Home versus SKC, they gave up a late penalty, 90 plus one. They gave up a penalty, Talon Polito. So instead of being a draw, if that's a win, that's now plus two. Away at San Jose, remember they had an 89th minute penalty, which was a clear penalty. And VAR somehow reversed it, that it was not a penalty. Right. So if that ends in a win instead of a draw, another two plus two there home versus portland that ended up being a three three draw i'm getting iffy on this one but if right. you know zavaleta doesn't get the own goal kind of this, that freak incident maybe they win that three two that's plus two and then home versus rsl this all those missed chances in the first half with yep. billy sharp point blank if that's a win instead of, of of a draw then you're looking at 12 points but if we're conservative say you know eight to ten points right easily that's that's above the playoff line and they're 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 in the mix, even with everything that went wrong. Right, you know, you can go through and kind of pick through those little points there.
1: Um, I wanted to get to uh, Ricky Pooge. We talked about it. He said, "Uh, you know, and these are all translated, so I could play you the audio, but you would be listening to Vicky Mercado, who's who's in charge of uh of of the LA Galaxy uh PR department there." Um, and, and not so much Ricky, but he goes, you know, with losses, you learn more and more. And I think this year we had a lot of losses. So a lot of learning lessons and, you know, it's easier to just press delete, start fresh. You know, we had a lot of injuries, the fight, the, uh, you know, injuries, uh, the, the fight, the fight with the fans, uh, the boycott, you know, our president and all that. So he sort of lists off all of these things that, that sort of go in there. The, the funniest part was, and this is worth watching the video for is, um, is, is uh Scott French asked him he goes well are you happy here in Los Angeles right like you know are do you want to stay type of question <laughs> We're still asking right. that question They are well I mean <laughs> I think it's important to ask I think it's an important question to yeah. ask because it's, you know, all I ever see on, on Twitter and Instagram and everything is that Ricky Pooch is going to leave because he's sick of the yeah. LA galaxy. And I kept saying, no, he loves it here and he wants to be here and he wants to be with the LA galaxy. Uh, it was funny because Ricky walked in and whenever he comes in, this is probably before even the, the video starts, but he walks in and uh, he goes to sit down and Scott French goes, you're going to do it in English, right? And he goes, he goes, oh, next year, next year, I'll do it in English next year. He's speaking in English, right? He goes next year, yeah. I'll do it in English. But by the way, he speaks excellent in English, like perfect, better than you and I easily. So the whole day he goes next year. He goes next year, and he goes like next year January. He goes oh, he goes. I need to speak in Spanish today because I need to express myself right. Like the whole day, and we're like okay, you know. That's the whole, a fair answer. That's is. a good response. I, I understand yeah. it. We're like we're like we understand it. No problems. But Scott, after some questions were asked, ask Ricky. He goes, "Are you happy here?" And Ricky understands all the questions, so Vicky never translates the questions. He he hears it in English and he answers it in Spanish. Well, he starts with he starts with of course I'm happy here, right? In English, right? He goes, of course I'm happy here in English. And then he goes on in Spanish. And that says, kind of but, says
0: enough right, right? there, yeah. <laughs> it does.
1: And I thought it was funny. He goes, for sure I'm happy, right? And and the whole day he goes, uh, you know, and then Vicky's translation goes, I've always been happy and I've always said in LA has treated me so well and the fans have treated me as more of this big family that we are and that I've always said the Galaxy is the biggest team in MLS and will continue to be just because of, you know, the team's past and the future and what's ahead and important. We are a team we know uh, with the most MLS Cups it's true it's been a difficult year for all but you know we're already working since mid um, since, uh, since, you know, everything's going on of what's ahead. He goes, and Greg and Yovan and the whole front office, you know, you have a, we're going to have a competitive team, uh, and be on top again, um, and be one of the top three teams in the league. That's sort of where Ricky thinks that they should be. So, um, really interesting in, in all that. The other part of this is he talks about Greg Vanny. He goes, Greg, I've always said, you know, I have full confidence with him. I'm here because of him and thanks to him. And, you know, he's been a coach. Uh, he's a coach cause he can give the galaxy a lot and he's helped me a lot personally, even with things off the field as well. You know, he's a great guy, a nice guy. He's always has that, that psychological aspect maybe that some coaches don't have. And he's just an amazing person, a great coach, in my opinion, who can give us a lot. And you know, all of us here at the galaxy, we trust him and you know, and we know he's setting up a good team for next year and you know, he, he has my support 100%. All right. Thanks. That's very nice. That's that's a
0: glo- that's a glowing review. I wish I wish someone would talk about me like that.
1: I mean, and again, you could say whatever you want, but Ricky Puj is in a position where he could go play in a lot that's, of places, right? That, he-
0: that's a that's a great point. This is a great counter argument to those who are saying, well, Eric Savaleta is only going to say nice things. That's his nephew. And then players who are itching for playing time are not going to throw him under the bus. But Ricky Pooch can tell Greg Vanny to go kick rocks and he'll still start every single game because you need that level of talent. It doesn't matter what this guy says. Right. That guy's going to be on the field. So the fact that he says it, you're right. That does carry a lot of weight uh, in terms of you know him, him being in the position where it, he doesn't have to – Talk up the guy he can say, you know, in, in Europe, uh, you know, there were different styles and right. so it's just making adjustments and this and that, you know, th- he, you can kind of read between the lines if he wasn't happy with what he was getting from Greg Venny So, you know, it, it does mean a lot to when you, when you put it through that lens.
1: Um, Mark Delgado, I told you, you have to go listen to his interview. I mean, there's some good things in there. Uh, He talks about that he ended the year with a concussion, concussion symptoms and that type of thing. He said he didn't feel it until after the game. So a lot of people question, well, he played through the game that he got the concussion in. He said he did not feel that he had any symptoms being concussed until after the game. And after the game, he said that he started feeling dizzy and doing some stuff. Um, I can't remember which game it was. By I was going to say,
0: did they ever pinpoint when it happened? Because I don't remember a collision. I don't remember anything. And after he was out with a concussion, and I don't know if this is cold or not, but, uh, you know, I don't know that anyone ever went back to go see where it, where it may have occurred. Yeah, I'm, I'm so, sure they
1: pinpointed. and I'm sure he yeah. knows we did not ask. And I, and I forget sort of what it was, but he talked about the concussion. He also talked about, remember, he had an ankle sprain, right? And it was one of those that took a while to come back and it, we were sort of wondering what happened he goes well he goes I was diagnosed with a high ankle sprain and he goes and so it was one of those where I started to work back and I started to get better he goes but I hit a I hit a like edge you know, or, or a plateau and I just wasn't getting better anymore and he was like what's going on and whenever they reevaluated that they found that not only was it a high ankle sprain but it was also a low ankle sprain he played on that ankle for you know much of the year whenever he was coming out the yeah. concussion was the one that sort of knocked him out and he goes just when I was feeling good I sort of got the concussed and then had to miss the rest of the yeah. the games. So that is a sort of microcosm for the la galaxy this year um diego fegundes interesting story because here you have a guy who's so embedded with austin um coming back and and playing for the la galaxy never really seems settled with this team yeah. right and i think a lot of people are questioning his nine hundred thousand dollar price tag and everything else that sort of goes along with him and say you know is that he gonna be a flop and is there a reason that austin sort of sort of launched him uh, i asked him uh, cause I wanted to know, I, I go, it feels like you never really got settled here. I go, you know, did you ever feel like, you, like you fully got moved away from Austin this year? He goes, he goes, he goes, you know, it was really tough because he goes, we're not living in a house. We're living in an Airbnb. So we don't really have a house of our own to go back to. Mm-hmm. He goes, I had a baby 11 days before they, they transferred me to the LA Yikes. galaxy. Right. Just remember <laughs> it, sports. That's being, a mental,
0: yeah. right. <laughs> I was gonna say going back to my parenting thing and you know, it's not as easy. It's easy to, you know, critique the thing on the field, but then when you, Right. When you look through it you know from that perspective. And yeah, that's crazy.
1: Yeah. So so, you know, I think that what you're going to find is that when he finds a house, when he's settled, when he's sort of in this room, I think Diego Fagundes can be a really good player for the LA Galaxy. So I'm very much I think I'm bullish on on Diego Fagundes and everything that he has. Plus, he sounds like AJ, De La, AJ De La Garza. So I'm, I'm in. Did,
0: and, and I'm going to pull up the chart again. Is he I have an option or did they? Oh, he's here. I, He's, he's here. Here, here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Diego Fagundes. Let's see. He's up near the top. So he's five. Uh, Austin signed him to a new deal this year. Okay. His last so year is 2025, but then he has a club option for 2026. So okay. at the end of the 2025 season, that's whenever Diego Fagundes is out of here. And he's a million dollars, a million dollar player.
0: Yeah. Cause the reason I was asking is because to your point, he was so embedded in Austin and, you know, a part of the fabric of that club. I wasn't sure if you know, maybe the trade was, you know, a chess move where right. they knew he had a contract coming up and, and maybe they can get him at a discount back, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Thank you for clarifying that.
1: Yeah, sir. With your charts, with my charts. Yes, uh, absolutely. <laughs> happy, happy to help out. That's why we have it. Um, you know, it was yeah, maybe a 10 day old baby. It wasn't 11 days. I think 10 days I wrote down, uh, you know, <laughs> good,
0: good correction there. Yeah, it makes so, all the difference. Yeah, it, it does. So that makes the trade okay now, actually.
1: Now let's talk about Douglas Costa. And there's two things that I want to say about Douglas Costa's interview. One is it's all a lie, So you don't need to listen to it. See, I never said once listen to Douglas Costa because unless he was talking about this season, anything he talked about for the future or anything else is all BS. Um, And the reason I can confidently say that is (laughs) that you really feel. Yeah. Yeah. The reason I can confidently say that is because instead of just telling us whenever he came in for the interviews and wait, instead wasting our time, letting me ask questions about it, letting everybody ask questions about it, he could have just come out and said, I'm not coming back because Approximately two hours after he spoke, the LA Galaxy put out a a thank you. I mean, you know, uh, uh, Fabrizio, Fabrizio Romano um, was out there uh, saying that Douglas Douglas Costa has decided not to come back to the LA Galaxy, which is a bunch of baloney. The guy doesn't have a contract, so he didn't decide anything. The Galaxy weren't going to bring him back. The Galaxy said that they announced that the club is parted ways with the designated player, Douglas Costa, who is out of contract and who will not return to the LA Galaxy in 2024. Unfortunately, Eric, I wasted actual questions trying to figure out contract information. So (laughs) Douglas Costa...
0: Douglas, caught, again, not Doug. Douglas no. really got under your skin. Doug,
1: it it makes me angry whenever you waste time like that. Like, it's going to come in two hours. Just announce it there because it wasn't and, like we would have said something and then you could have done the whole roll and gone through and said thank you and the whole deal. And we would have asked different questions.
0: It would have been it, it, he could, that could have turned into a, you know, a rear end kissing fest. If he said he was leaving, then you can, you know, he can get his flowers on his way out the door that that could have been a a ploy for him to do that. But obviously he didn't take that. So yeah, interesting. We were talking about this. It was the topic of, (laughs) of almost every single show towards the end of the season with how good, you know, Douglas Costa is playing. Do you bring him back? And I think you and I both were on the, no, you don't bring him back uh, train. And it seems like the galaxy was on that same train of thought as well. So, uh, you know, once again, we were right. All all of our guaranteed to be wrong predictions on, on, on that particular, topic you know we you can thank him for how well he played and appreciate him right but over the course of his two seasons eight nope. goals 12 assists nope. and 50 51 games nope. over two seasons that's not production from a D, dp level player and, and that's not just the production but just not being on the field for the amount of games that he missed as well uh you know it's it's an issue i think uh you know kevin baxter always mentioned you know that greg Vanny had mentioned that he's going to treat him like a sports car and you know use him in, in certain you know spots I don't know that the, you know, the sports car got to home, hum a little bit towards the end there, but it, it was parked in the garage for the majority of his tenure here at the LA galaxy.
1: Um, it was just, I, I mean, somebody asked me like, and I think somebody was trying to take a poll, like what, what grade would you give Douglas Costa from one to 10? And I give him a four. And the reason is that whenever he was not playing, he was a zero, right? Like he was nothing. And remember he showed up at the beginning of the year. We didn't even think he wanted to play. We're like, this guy's checked out. He doesn't want to be here mentally, yeah. like all these things. Now, That does that can offset whenever he started to play, because when he started to play, I would give him nines and tens and what he was able to do and how he was able to affect games. And if you had two years of Douglas Costa doing that, I would have gladly sat here and said nine (laughs) or ten. Right. Like, I mean, think of Sophie, who said that Douglas Costa still has enough to be able to be that guy. And then we never see it. And then all of a sudden there's a flash at the end and you're like, oh, my God, he really could have been that guy the whole time. Except uh, Greg (laughs) Vanny said, you know, he didn't find the joy in the game. Until until later. Right. Maybe it was just too many clubs. I think he said too many clubs in so little time um, just didn't allow him to get, you know, get better for, with injuries. And it took a while for the for everybody to square him up. But what are you doing signing that guy if that's the case? Right.
0: Well, um, that's that's a whole different question. But yeah, yeah I mean, I'll, 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 pit, I'll write on Sophie's coattails that I went through the whole gambit of emotions with with doug costa i said he's going to be the guy he's going to be like a zlatan right people have given up on him right. he's going to tear up the league he has that kind of talent then he flopped i said he was completely done you know he's washed there's no way he's he's going to give anything to the team and he did have something to give to the team but uh, you know it just wasn't nearly consistent enough to be worth bringing him back um the
1: final person in here Jalen neal um go watch jaylen's uh uh interview and one is just so that way you understand what a professional Jalen Neal is at, what is he? 19, 20. Like I, I can't, yeah. I forget what he is. And I, I'm always like, because he seems like he's a 25 year old veteran on this team. <laughs> um, he does carry himself. Yeah, he's, like he's 20 yeah. years, 20 years old right now. Right. So um, he does, He f- he feels like he's a veteran in the whole deal. Now, you know, people are talking about Jalen Neal and Greg Vanny talked about Jalen Neal saying, you know, we saw Jalen and we said, yeah, he's going to get some minutes and we'll see how he plays. Like that was his thought coming into this year. And then he's like, and then he went out and played and he was like, basically making me like, I couldn't take him off the field. Like, how do you take him off the field? He's playing so well. And he goes, and that's what you like to see. So in 2024, we know Jalen's going to be a part of yeah. where we expect him to be, which is one of those starting center back type things. Right? So it's really... I heard people saying like, oh, well, Jalen had his breakout year and don't expect him to stay with the LA Galaxy so long. Expect Jalen Neal to be here for the next two to four years easily um, because he didn't have his breakout year this year. We've learned that he could play this year, right? We learned that the step up in in competition was something, but the injury really set him back from having the, yeah. the breakout that you want him to have. Next year is really going to be, one, he comes in with more expectations, but two, uh, when he meets those expectations, which I expect him to, that's going to be his breakout season.
0: And I think I talked about this on, on last week's show as well, that you know, you kept waiting for, for the other shoe to drop to, to see that dip in performance and it never really fully got there but so it reminds me kind of you know we make this comparison all the time to Julian Araujo someone who's going to have someone come you know people coming after him you know Julian Araujo his last season with the Galaxy the year before was his breakout and he had a tough time living up to those expectations and it's not that he wasn't playing well it's that the expectations were pushed that much further that he wasn't doing that consistently every single game so it made you know it made made us judge him more harshly so I think Neil has that potential where it's now we're not just going to be happy to see, Oh, look at the feel good story. You know, Jalen Neal's starting on this team. You know, how great is that, that he, he got a starting spot? It's now, no, now you're the starter on this team and there are expectations that are going to come along with that. And then the last point that I'll mention with it and it kind of ties in with my Yoshida, you know, being that pairing with them, you, you can, you can scoff at your Eric Zavaletas and your Tony Alfaro's if you're bringing them back. But if you have a healthy Mike Yoshida and Jalen Neal, you're not going to need to rely on Eric Savaleta for a lot of games. You're going to you're going to see him in the Yuri Rossell spot, right. where hopefully you, they don't see a lot of minutes. They come in at the end of games. Right. They come in with, during international duty, so maybe five to eight games total, uh, you know, that they put in in spells. You if, if if Yoshida and Neal are healthy for you know 25 to 30 games, then you don't you know f- put put you and me back there at center back to to, to backfill because you're going to have those wins and that consistency where you're going to have success on the field if they're on the field together for most of the time.
1: Well, I want to get to, uh, you know, I'm not going to play you much of Greg Vanney's, uh stuff just because it's an hour long. Like you really have to die. And some of his questions and answers are like 20 minutes long. Yeah, right? he
0: doesn't have a short response. <laughs>
1: no, no, there's not a lot of short responses. Um, I will say that uh, he talks about Chicharito. He talked about Douglas Costa. He talked about the fact that he needs people who are available. Uh, he talked about a different approach to how they're looking at things with the Leagues Cup in there and with how how condensed the first part of the season is with all those games next to each other. He goes, you don't have to, you, you need to have a team that is together before the season starts and so i think that's going to be a real focus for the la galaxies to bring the guys in that they need before the season starts and that seems to be changing things he also said you know greg Vanny's famous for saying you know it's really the last you know 10 games of the season where you really have to be on it and he's he's sort of changed that he goes you cannot start out slow and there are a lot of the guys who are like you can't start out slow right um and, with league's well, cup and everything else yeah
0: and, and even this last stretch the galaxy we always touted that middle run hey they were. Ah, uh, you know, unbeaten for so long, or you know, out of you know that that streak where they had uh-huh. a bunch of draws and only one loss in in a matter of like ten games or something like that. When you look at it, but when you look at the the last six games, winless in the last six, yes. losses in the last three out of four. That's six games in a thirty-four game season. That's seventeen percent. Uh, you know, of the season, that's enough, that's enough to bury you. Uh, so even this, that last stretch, those last six games. And then if you take that opening, uh, you know, six, what is it? the opening seven games, right. uh, you know, where they were winless that that's enough to bury your season. That's, you know, 13 games out of, out of 34, that's enough. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't matter how well you play, you can, you know, nearly go undefeated in that middle stretch. And if you don't perform, uh, in, in these stretches, then, then that's where you're going to run into it, and that's why it drove us crazy with the Vanny three-game win streak. Just put a win streak together, just and then win we, won't, games. we won't, we won't have yeah. this problem. Just, just win a few, and you don't have to win every single game, but put a few, put some three gamers in there.
1: Do you, I brought up the points per month chart only because it shows where the wins are, it shows where the losses are, it shows where the draws are. It really does. If this doesn't illustrate how non-winning the LA Galaxy War this season, only eight times, right? You can go count all the W's right yeah, there. That's
0: tough. That's 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 a bad luck when you see it. It is like that. Yeah.
1: It is now there's a lot of draws in there, right? And there's a lot of losses, right? But when you look at just the wins, the outright wins eight times this season where you could really feel like feel positive after an LA Galaxy game, right? Eight times did they get the job done in the whole thing. And obviously, that needs to be a lot better. Um, I did get to ask Greg Vanny this one question. I'll play you some of this, but I would implore you to go and listen to the videos, or you can go on Instagram where I pulled the entire three-minute clip. He talks for about three minutes, but we'll play some of it. Um, but my question, as I think is is appropriate in this particular case, is, is why are you still the guy? Why do you think you still belong here? Um, and if you're Greg Vanny... This is not a, a a getcha question, right? because the problem is that all the fans out here, everybody who's in our chat room, everybody wants to know why he still thinks that he's the guy. And so many times we've talked about it, Eric, about having sort of that self- responsibility. If you're not the guy, then get out of the way right like if you don't believe that you're actually the guy then get out of the way so many times that was sort of said about Chris Klein and everything else that was Mm -hmm. going on is like you stayed past where you're supposed to be everybody knows that you're grasping and holding on here so you know Chris Klein why do you should you still be the president of the LA Galaxy and I'm sure he had have an answer for you but you know that's you have to ask these questions and so I did ask Greg Vanny about this and I said hey I go why do you think why do you believe you're still the guy which by the way feels very much like a job interview question like so why <laughs> why would you like to work Which, here?
0: You know? e- exit interview, it kind of says it right there. I mean, that that is partially what's happening. Yeah.
1: I would like to make it very clear. Because I think some people think that I have some sort of malice for Greg Vanny by asking this question. That's not it at all. As a matter of fact, all my interactions with Greg have been outstanding. Uh, probably, if probably you one don't of, ask
0: the question you'd get. I would. For it as well. Yeah. I would. But I think there's
1: a lot of people. And then there's another part of this. If you don't like Greg Vanny, you won't like this answer because you don't like Greg Vanny. <laughs> if you are more, I think, neutral than I am or believe that he should come back, then I think this is a perfectly reasonable answer on all parts. So here's Greg Vanney, uh answering my question uh, in the press conference. Let's see if we can get this. Who
2: you are as a coach or your ability to be. Yeah. think that
1: you're still the best guy for this job.
2: Because I, um, if you look at history uh, as a coach, also I have a ton of consistency of not only just getting to the playoffs, but getting to the finals, uh, winning a championship. Uh, I know what it takes to win this league. I think if you look at any club that, And other coaches who also are in this league and have won championships, they have leagues, they have seasons that are these outlier seasons where uh, they have injuries, they have issues, they have challenges. Uh, Many teams prior to the the introduction of the uh, Leagues Cup, which was very new this year, you would see a lot of teams who played in Champions League who would have very difficult seasons, injury issues, very good coaches who also struggled. Um, when they went through these types of challenges, uh, I don't think these challenges define who you are as a coach or your ability to be successful. They define the challenges of this particular season and that we were not able to get on the right side of these particular challenges for many reasons um, but doesn't uh, doesn't take away sort of my knowledge and vision of the game and my ability to lead these players. Not once did you hear a player turn around and say, uh, that we weren't moving in the right direction or that things were, were not good. Every one of them was behind it and believed in the process, believed in what we were trying to do. Uh, that's, that's the first, most important thing. Um, all right. I, I, he, has, he has, many more things. So
1: uh, again, <laughs> go, go listen to it and, and then you can sort of make up your own mind about it, but the, really it's worth the entire Greg Vanny interview, which is over an hour is worth listening to. And I would suggest that, that people and, do that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I will, you know, to, to give the other side of, uh, of the coin uh, for those who are critical of, of that response and what he was saying in terms of knowing what it takes to win in the league and having success of taking teams to the playoffs and, you know, getting to finals. That's the one thing that I think people dug into and picked apart. And I think probably fairly. He talked about, you know, outlier seasons. He's only been with the Galaxy for three season. He's only made the playoffs one out of those three seasons. Right. So the outlier is the playoffs, not seasons like this. I understand what he's saying. He's saying uh, in the but in the bonus. we're, we're in, also
1: in the balance of his time. That in the his outlier, time, yes. but
0: we're we're not giving him the Toronto. credit for the Toronto right. years. Right. He did. We we're not g- glad that he was able to take Toronto to finals and that he was able to have success there and know what it takes to win in the league. We want to see if you know what it takes to win in the league, then and win in the league, the league. Get, right. <laughs> you know, make it happen. And, and the last thing that I'll say is asking the tough questions and, um, you know, maybe some people thinking about, you know, his attitude to responses or, or you know, being touchy or defensive or or whatever it is. The team finished in 13th place. They missed the playoffs. They were never above the playoff line. You, I, I don't think any reasonable person would expect glowing Questions and saying, "Hey, tell us about how great." I think you have to be understand. Right. You're gonna act, you're gonna get tough questions asked to you, and you got to be ready to respond uh, to that. So I, I I do think you know he was re- he responded to it. Craig knew to that get, question to your was point. Coming. You don't have to like it. You don't have to not like it, but he, you have to know they were coming. Greg Greg knew that question was coming
1: and if he yeah. didn't then he'd be an idiot and he's not an idiot so he knew it was coming right like it's all those things and I can tell you that 100% uh, by the way $5 super chat from Gary uh, thank you guys for yet another rad show shout out to the 200s love y'all up there in the 200s always good spot to watch a game by the way get that nice camera view from up above good start. Uh Ezra $2 Under, underrated section shout yeah, out to you Gary yeah Ezra $2 super chat Douglas looked angry the whole interview typical he usually does look angry I don't know that that is he's got resting <laughs> angry face right that's yeah. sort of where he's at which, by the yeah. way, Douglas Costa playing against me would scare me. I'm just, I'm just saying, he, he's a, <laughs> and, he's a big dude.
0: And I apologize. It was mentioned somewhere a little bit after the chat, but shout out to you as for bringing it up. That you know his, someone mentioned that you know Douglas played to prove the fans wrong, and that's when he turned it on. When the fans kind of turned his back on him, that's when he kind of you know looked good. Right. And so while you can credit a player for. You know, taking that responsibility on when the going gets tough, you you know, the tough get going and he he powered through it. But, you know, where was that? Why can't you just do your job and play well? Because that's what the expectation is. It, right. You shouldn't have to be slighted to right. turn it on. Like it, that should just be your that should be your gear as a professional. We talked about Jalen Neal. He has one gear. It's being a professional and doing his job. You know, that would have been nice if, if Douglas Costa could have brought that intensity, that anger, that chip on his shoulder. He was coming from, you know, being, you know, essentially, you know, th- thrown out of these clubs, you know, where no, where no one wanted him. He should have had that anger, that, that, you know, trip on his shoulder with throughout his entirety, uh, you know, to make more money elsewhere. If, the, if even that was the end goal, right. we should have been seeing him playing out of his mind, you know, to, to get that big money move right uh, somewhere else.
1: Right, no, and, and could have been. By the way, uh, the question about Greg Vanny and sort of saying, hey, why why do you, why do you think you should still be here, um, was always gonna be a question that was asked, which is why whenever people, uh, well, just one person, one moron, who went after me and was like, after the Minnesota game, when I asked about VAR instead of things, uh, instead of asking, like, what do you think you still deserve to be the coach for this? There's a reason for all of this, right? There's appropriate there's appropriate times to ask for questions. Uh, and I can only ask about VAR in Minnesota one time right after the Minnesota game. That was it. That was the only time I knew this question was coming the whole time because I knew we were going to get exit interviews, or at least I hoped we were going to get exit interviews. And that even or if not, season finale yeah, yeah or season finale or you and I were going to have Greg Vanny on. Right. Like there was going to be a time to ask him this question. So that's why. All right. That's called that's called being a professional, knowing how, what your job is, right? Knowing when to ask the questions, when not to ask the questions, when what is coming. Greg Vandy gave a much better answer, by the way, during this exit interview than he would have given after the Minnesota game. All right. So that's why you do this. All right. I'm not newbie. Been here for 15 years. Just remember that. Let's talk now. Greg Vanny, I got receipts. I got receipts. Don't worry. Um,
0: let's, <laughs> that was a Douglas Costa end of the season level performance. I,
1: by the way, does not actually make me angry about Douglas Costa. It's just it's sort of like, dude, just waste my time. Like I'm, you know, I was work, <laughs> I was doing my real job and le- and doing exit interviews for four hours. <laughs> you were sitting at right? two
0: staff meetings, right?
1: Yeah. I was, I was jumping all over the place. So like, don't waste my time, bro. Um, so yeah, so that's it. Now, one of the main themes that came through from Greg Vanny from everybody, and by the way, Alex Ruiz asked an excellent question question to Greg Vanny about the fanboy caught and greg was like oh well i'm tired of answering this question it's like oh well too bad you know it's one of us like yeah to, you get to answer again, it anyway you have
0: to know this question is coming
1: and alex's follow-up was just spot on to alex is like rising star man he's going to be better than <laughs> better than everybody else in that press room here pretty soon but um alex asked him question. yeah it's it's he's uh it, yeah, it wouldn't be hard not not past me <laughs> um but the the common theme was talking about the boycott the players talked about it and everything now I see people reacting to this like I see fans reacting to this like, oh, they're blaming me for the season. No, they're not blaming you for the season. All right. And quite honestly, uh, if you were part of the boycott, your goal in this entire thing was to disrupt, to cause pressure, to put pressure on the front office. And in my mind at least you were 100% successful. You put pressure on the front office. Now the front office in turn put pressure on the players to bail them out of it, right? And That's put pressure on Greg Vanny to do it. So when these team when these guys talk about how the home games didn't feel like it. Yeah, they weren't supposed to because you guys were boycotting. That's how this works, right? You set you set the fire to kill the rats, right? That's what you were trying to do. You knew that if you set the fire inside the house, you might burn, burn down the that house, yeah.
0: right? Yeah. You burn down the house a little bit. That's and, okay. And and you caused some damage along the way as well. And I think that's okay. You can't mention one without the other, but you're right. Looking in goal was the goal accomplished. Yes. Mission was accomplished. Uh, you know, w- <laughs> they said they they weren't taking into account what the fans' demands were or what they were bringing to the table. But then, as they, you know, then a statement came out: if they don't make the playoffs, then I'll do this. So obviously something changed. Uh, then it was, you know, we're not going to change. You know, he was just hired, and you know, we're going to remain our course. And then he stepped down eventually. So obviously something happened behind the scenes. And the boycott did provide enough pressure, whether it was the discussion around the boycott or the boycott itself. It did its job in the regard to, you know, making – moving the club forward uh, away from a front office that was keeping, you know, not just in my opinion, from a lot of people's opinions. And the whole purpose, it was holding the club back. Right. So mission accomplished in that regard. But I think some of the sour and bitterness, because I'll I'll mention this as well, it did bring out an ugly side from, uh, you know, some sections of the fan base as well, you know, with kind of pointing fingers and and some attacks that were – unnecessary Pressure. and to Pressure. your point to your point of the the building the burning there were some some relationships that were burned along the way as well and i think that needs to be acknowledged as well and so that's something that's going to take some time to repair uh those, those 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 relationships and i think that's something that people need to have patience and consideration uh when thinking about that boycott as well mission accomplished we could all say you know it, it worked in that regard but there were some tactics and things that maybe didn't sit well with a lot of people and they have the right to to have those feelings as well
1: and and listen I think the players get this wrong right which is they're always like well yeah you know it affected us and the whole deal well I mean yeah it was supposed to affect you guys don't you don't you understand I mean it was supposed to affect the the organization now I still believe that Chris Klein tying his future to everything and really piling the pressure on even more you heard about like again I talked about Greg Vanning knowing when to put pressure on when to take it off um for this and for the fan boycott and everything like that it just just take it for what it is. I mean, the fact that y- you were able to, you know, uh, make change happen and, and that came about because of the boycott. Again, remember at the very beginning of the boycott, I said, I don't think fans should have voices and who gets hired, who gets fired for the most part, right? Because. You shouldn't be listening to fans on who to sign. You shouldn't be listening on fa- for fans. You should have that mechanism within your organization. But what happens whenever there seems to be no mechanism to get rid of people who shouldn't be there any longer? Right. I, that's why I always thought the boycott was more than justified. Whenever they were going out, like I get it, I mm-hmm. understand. Go do it. Right. The whole deal. Now you're back into that situation though, where you don't get to decide who's hired and fired again because you you did your thing, you got your stuff. And now you got now now we move on from that, right? So there's all these little like there's this balance things. I'll tell you this though. You should and this is this is from me being within that organization and seeing what is going on and seeing all the things that have happened for years and years, you should be excited about the direction the LA galaxy are facing right now. I know that's hard to say whenever you finish 13th and you don't make the playoffs and you're watching, you know, sporting Kansas city play San Jose in the world's most boring game, but then it ends up being an exciting shootout, but San Jose can't shoot shoot out. So it's, it it was just, <laughs> you know, one of those weird things that sort of happened, right? But, and you're not in that, right? It's a lot better to be in the playoffs and at least playing in that game than getting knocked out, than not ever having the chance to do that. I understand that. That being said, you know, Vanny said it, and I'll say it too, from everything that I've seen, from the people I've talked to, from the from the amount of effort that has gone into this offseason already, I would feel positive about where the LA Galaxy are pointed for 2024. And everybody knows, massive year. Everybody knows, yeah. massive year. Like, it's not like people are going, oh, it's not really that big <laughs> a year. No, 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 no. They're like, massive year. Everybody has been saying it. So uh, within the organization, they are aware of how critical and crucial this can be. Uh, by the way, Angel, uh, a five dollars super chat says, "Shout out to my homie Kevin. Looking forward to the twenty twenty four season. Got a home. We got shout outs going in here too. Yeah, That's all good." Shout out to Kevin.
0: You know, hey, the, Kevin. I, I kind of I laughed a little bit as well because yeah, I don't know if we're. You know, it says it, it says it in the super chat. Kevin Garcia. Right. I, I, feel, I didn't
1: know if I was supposed to say his last name.
0: <laughs> but the reason why I mentioned that is it's such a common name, both first name and last name. I feel like 10 people got a shout out. You know, there's got to be multiple Kevin Garcia's out there. Yeah. You know, who, who appreciated the shout out.
1: That's. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. <laughs> uh, we look so at that was
0: definitely for you, Kevin. Did
1: we talk about free agents? And I don't think we've talked about free agents yet. Just real no, quick. We, we can talk not. about free agents. The free agents from the L.A. Galaxy who are up right now. Um, uh, Tony Alfaro. Uh, Michael Barrios, Kelvin Leardam, and Uri Rossell, uh, three of those, um, everybody except for Michael Barrios are on options, so they might not be free agents because the Galaxy could just pick up their option uh, if they wanted to. I I think it's really... Uri Rossell is one of those guys who I thought really came in and proved that he has an important role to play for the L.A. Galaxy. He's just not a starter like he can't be the guy, but yeah. he could be the backup to the guy. You know, I,
0: I, I never know if these are conversations I've had on text with someone or, <laughs> or, or you know, on the phone or if we've talked about it on the pod. Uri Rossell, you know, great, you know, for what he could bring to the team. But when it, It's sad. Sad to say when it comes to product on the field. He's, he just wasn't he just wasn't the guy. So, you know, in a spot start here and there, but being asked to start multiple games during a stretch of games, I, I didn't see it uh, on the field. You know, I really there are other- liked him.
1: I actually really liked him. I don't I don't agree with you. I, I would okay. say and, and that's fine. I I believe that there is enough nuance within his game to not not be on the same page with this. But I didn't. I thought for what he was being asked to do he he did a pretty good job of it, right? And okay. I was like, Okay, that's that's fine. But here's, you're allowed to say that. That's fine.
0: Here's where I'm comparing him the drop off from uh you know, from Mark Delgado from Gaston Brugman yeah. coming in to play that role. It wasn't wasn't close in my opinion. And so he shouldn't from have been that a regard, starter. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I agree. I agree with that. So that's that's where I'm coming from, in, right. in saying and saying that.
1: Well, I mean, you know, you sort of look at like Tony Alfaro, or you look at you know some of the other guys. I don't. Chris also is not a, close. Yeah, Chris Mavinga is one of those guys who actually is one of the guys who might be a starter, right? So, close, you, sir. so yeah. you should you should judge him more harshly, in my yeah. opinion, that he didn't have okay. a good year this year, right? Um, by the way, I missed one. Uh, Philip gave us a two dollars super chat. He goes, is is McLaren off the books yet?" Oh, <laughs> shout out to Mi- oh, to Michael Siani and his Clare- McLaren. I,
0: I would imagine that you know that was either short term, short term, uh, short term loan, or he's definitely sold that thing back to to recoup the costs.
1: Yep, yep. So um, no, it was a uh, it was it was all good. So I mean, that's sort of where we sit for the LA Galaxy right now. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I think the next thing you're going to expect is that Chicharito is not going to come back. I think that's pretty much That's the next shooter drop. yeah. And people keep saying, oh, well, the Galaxy will offer him Tam. He can go to Chivas in Mexico and he will make a lot more money than getting Tam with, you know, the L.A. Galaxy. Yeah,
0: I think this happened towards the end of Zlatan's tenure as well. I think, (laughs) you know, to offer them that is almost more insulting. And so I think, you know, there was an offer made to Zlatan and he took it as an insult, if I remember correctly. Uh, so I, I, if the Galaxy even do offer, I, I don't know. I don't know that they even do that. I think that they say, you know what? You know what your worth is. We're not going to meet that. So let's just agree to not not do the charade and de- do this dance where we pretend like this is a possibility. Right. Let's just let's just move forward with whatever the next steps are going to be.
1: And, and that feels like Greg Vanny said it in his press conference. Basically, he said, I need guys who are available. I need guys who aren't going to be injured. I need guys, you know. So I really think that they're going to go a, a little younger Um, In some respects, I would not be surprised, though, if somebody like Antoine Griezmann, and I know people toss that name around a lot, but he has said he wants to be in Los Angeles. He says he wants to come play. There's going to be the opportunity for the LA Galaxy to give him that that money and for him to play and the Galaxy very well could go down that road. I would not be surprised. And I again, it was something we didn't get to ask, which is hysterical in like an hour long press conference. You don't get I missed some questions. I didn't w really wanted to ask Greg Vandy sort of what they thought about twenty twenty four and what they thought the rule changes would possibly be, whether that's a fourth DP, whether that's, you know, getting yeah. all just allowing you to have three U twenty two players. Um he did talk about Chris Klein being one of the guys who was on that product committee and was like one of the only non-owners <laughs> that was on it. And the fact that he's not there anymore means that the Galaxy don't have an idea of what's coming down the road. And so it they puts them at a the little end. bit. Of, yeah. Yeah. yeah they, so puts them at a disadvantage. So they're scrambling a little bit where they used to be maybe a little out in the front of it, although it never showed anything that they were out in front of it. So I don't know why they're saying <laughs> it. But those those are sort of the things that that sort of popped oh, up in
0: that. Oh, area. Also, I, Griezmann is a name that has been thrown around for a long time. Luis Suarez is also a name that it's being thrown around, Miami, you know, that, that he's going to be joining Miami. He was rumored to the Galaxy right. for a, a hot minute. Uh, so I think if the Galaxy were able to land someone like him, that'd be fantastic. But to that point of him possibly going to Miami and why next year is so huge. Let's address the elephant in the room as well. Messi came later on in the season. League's Cup was really his showcase. But in terms of MLS regular season, starting off with the bang, start to finish, having a lot of eyeballs on it. I think next season is definitely going to be the year for that with Messi playing a full season and him being kind of a focal point. So if the galaxy can make some noise and, you know, be in the conversation as one of the top teams, yep. that's going to do them a lot of good brand wise. And I know maybe people don't like to hear that, but that's going to do a lot for their brand and to the name and to getting this club, you know, with a little bit of that stench off. If, if so many eyeballs are on the league and the galaxy are top performers, that's going to be so much more massive than just, whatever the accolades or the success is for 2024, whatever hardware or trophies they win, it's worth so much more than that because of the amount of attention that the league is going to be getting next season.
1: Yeah, Joseph Martinez is out at Miami as well. That was another name that people sort of thrown up in the air as somebody who possibly maybe you bring him out to L.A. on a designated player contract. Like, There's lots of little things that you can do. Uh, and again, it'll depend. Will there just be two open designated players? And will one of those have to be a young designated player in order to have the three U-22 players? That limits you a little bit more in what you're trying to do. Or is it going to be a fourth DP is added and therefore the L.A. Galaxy have three open designated player spots and you could still get a young DP. Or they Getting rid of the requirement to have a young DP in order to have three U22s. There's a lot of rule changes that could happen <laughs> that really will affect how the LA Galaxy go out. And th- that stuff is going to get known here in probably the next month, month and a half. Yeah. Right. Because everybody's planning for the offseason. Everybody's getting ready to make signings guaranteed. And I know for a fact, the Galaxy are already talking to people to sign. Right. So that's where you're, that's what you're talking about right now. The Galaxy are already in that mode. They're getting ready. They're going to start talking to people who will be available for the winter. And then, I would not be surprised. And I'll say this now is if the LA galaxy keep one of their designated players in their back pocket for the summer, because the summer transfer window, as we've seen is a giant one, right?
0: And Euro 2024 happening, you know, next season as well. So that is a consideration. Some players like to have that as their Swan song. So maybe they're towards the end with the contract with their club, they finish that tournament with their country, and then they start looking for, you know, retirement and those other avenues. So that is definitely something uh, to consider. So good times. You know what I hear? As you're saying, they're looking to sign other players. What? Let's fire up the rumor tracker.
1: Oh, did I I did it you know I said this on did I tell yeah. everybody it was coming
0: back? I think it was on the Discord. It was on the yeah.
1: Discord, but yes, yeah. I announced it to everyone that the rumor tracker will be back this year. All right. So I will do my best. I can't do everything all the time. If you're in the Discord and you're gonna drop a rumor, <laughs> you have to put a link. Um, I will decide what goes on the rumor tracker, what doesn't go it's it's yeah. really it's a kingdom that I run um in, in all these respects. But um, I will do my best and I think that I have the ability to suss out some of these and tell you whether or not they're real or not. And if I can do that, then I will add value to the LA Galaxy community by doing that. And if I can't, I'll give you my best guess on why it makes sense or why it doesn't make sense. All right. So that's what it is. Five star rumors on its way, right? That's what it is. We're, <laughs> we're ready to rock and roll. Could it be a five star rumor coming up for Antoine Griezmann coming in? Five stars. Balotelli. Yep. Balotelli. Balotelli. up there. One star. one star griezmann five stars right four stars four three four stars right now if you said it right now i'd probably put it at four stars just just so you know just because i think that there could be a lot of heat there so that's where we're at um i don't know what the schedule is i don't know if i'm gonna have a podcast on monday or not uh we may (laughs) kevin was out last monday so we couldn't do it that's why we didn't have one on monday um i'm glad we didn't as well it's nice to have a little break uh we're in the off season now i tend to usually do more one a week than two a week. Uh, and then usually I go on a break for a little bit. I'm trying to figure out when that break is going to be. So as for right now, you get this podcast, which will be stitched together from two different files because we had to
0: stop <laughs> My, uh, and start again. Yeah. Time is just a construct, man. Cause I'm looking at the clock. I was like, no, we haven't been going that long. There was a little break in there, yeah, there but was, it hasn't been a short show
1: either yet. No, it was like, there was only like 10 minute break. So we've been going yeah. for about 98 <laughs> minutes if, if you want to know where it is. So um, yeah, that's where we're going with this. So I will let you know that's about as best I can do on the discord on Twitter. Uh, that's where you can find us and then we'll, uh, we'll go on. I want to thank everybody again. I know I said it. Um, but I got to go down on the field and take a picture with the media after the game. And it's pretty special. I will say this. See,
0: that's new. That's a nice little tradition.
1: I a- right? I asked, I told Vicky whenever we were all sitting there afterwards, I said, I said, I go, Hey, we're going to go take some pictures. Can we go out on the field? And she goes, let's all take a picture. I'm like, yes, we should all take a picture. And they got Robert Mora out there who, who I love to death. Uh, Robert's great, uh, photographer for the LA galaxy. And so he came out and took our picture. We got to stand in the goal. Uh, and then we stood like sort of on the, uh, on the 18 yard line and they shot back behind us. Dignity Hill Sports Park is so much bigger than you think it is. When you get out on the field, <laughs> on I was field, like, yeah. I was like, yep, this place is way bigger. And the lights were off, so it was like a weird sort of like like it was big and looming in the shadows, right? So, um, but what I've, a, I've, what a special I, place to be.
0: Yeah, I've had the opportunity to walk on the field and the Rose Bowl, and yeah, you it's imagining it filled to the brim with people yelling. At yeah. it, it is a trip when you realize. Again, I think that's our theme for the show is you know it's easy to look at it from the outside and have your judgments but right. when you sit in it and feel it right. it's, a, it's a different level altogether so yeah very cool and shout out to to the team at the LA Galaxy for, for recognizing you guys that, and, that was and nice. letting, letting you do that yeah very I feel like this year as as negative as the relationship was with the boycott I feel like there's been a lot of healing uh, as well with the front
1: office. I don't blame them for the position that they were put in. Right. Correct. And and yes. I, I would I would never. Um, It was tough, though. It was definitely tough. And we've talked about that. I, I I told you that I was on the stretcher crew, right? You know that I've been I was on the stretcher crew at one point for the L.A. Galaxy. I did not know that. Oh, man, you didn't know. Not only was I on a stretcher crew, but I was on a stretcher crew for an L.A. Galaxy Chivas USA game. Oh, so uh, I actually got to run out onto the field at one point, all the way across the field for somebody who was down. It was a Galaxy player who's down. I forget who it was. It was oh, I was
0: going to say, how do you not know, have that name already?
1: Are you serious? Like, oh, oh, I was the... so nervous. Like, they, so they would literally just put like fans into the stretcher crew. Like it was a, it was a season <laughs> ticket
0: perk. When when you see those fail videos of people, now that it all snaps into focus. Right. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I
1: mean, it was, they used to do this for season tickets and somebody was like my season ticket rep at the time. This was way back in the day whenever I had season tickets and was doing the podcast like early, probably 2010, maybe 2000, right in that, Yeah, probably 2010. Um, they were like, hey, do you want to do this? I'm like, yes, absolutely. Be on this field. It was nerve-wracking having to run across the field and there's all these players and like you don't want to hit them. It's way harder than you think it is. We didn't even have to (laughs) lift anybody up. And and then... Then the crazy thing was, we had to go off. They pushed us off the other side of the field, so we had to like run all the way down,
0: walk around the outside,
1: and then like we had to make sure we weren't in play, like we were watching the game and like making sure the whole thing. So yeah, I was, I was, I was on a stretcher times. Curve.
0: Good times. So. I was gonna say with the Chivas USA game, LA, you could have stretched out one of the blow up dolls. That was during that, that, that era. That
1: could have been, Yeah, it was definitely during <laughs> that era. That definitely would have been. All right, uh, let's see. I think that does it, Eric. Tell people where they can find you. Let's get out of here. You good?
0: All right, I'm good. Yeah, I want to okay. thank everyone as well. Just you know, for another fun season and for. You know, covering the team has been a lot of fun. The interactions that I'm able to have on Twitter and on Instagram, and, and to go back and forth with everyone, I really appreciate all the love and support. So shout out to you, Josh, for keeping it running, and shout out to everyone for making this a pleasant experience. So as always, if you want to interact with me, you can find me on everything at Hammer Ev9 on X, Instagram, TikTok, and Threads. That's at Hammer Ev and the number nine.
1: How dare you use the name? It's Twitter, <laughs> all right. Uh, second in a row. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman uh, at Gal. Galaxy podcast, of course, at Galaxy podcast on threads, uh, all those places on Instagram, anything you can look for corner of the galaxy You can be on corner of the galaxy on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, anywhere, SoundCloud that you can find podcasts. We will be there for you. All right. Uh, starting to wrap up this 2023 season, getting and stretching now into that 2024 season. When does it start? When we say it starts. And that could be just around the corner. All right. For everybody here at Corner of the Galaxy, whether that's Kevin, whether that's Sophie, whether that's Christian Miles. Uh, let's see, who else was on? Oh, Alex Ruiz was on this year as well. And of course, uh, Eric, we certainly appreciate you. We thank you for listening. Uh, and we will be back very, very soon. Uh, for Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira. I'm Josh Pato. You've been listening. You've been watching to our little Corner of the Galaxy. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at galaxypodcast.com.